Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Caster Sports Collectibles Podcast, where we talk TTM, cards, autographs, collecting, and anything else my friend and co-host wants to talk about. That's Drew Pelto, of course. And it is Season 5, Episode 14. It is April 7th, or April starting uh, happy Passover and happy Easter to, to everyone out there. It's a, a holiday, nice holiday weekend. Um, you're listening to the Nationally Ranked Sports Podcast. My name is Jeff Baker. I'm the host of the show, talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. And as I said at the onset, I'm talking with Drew Pelto, who is my friend and co-host from Dallas, Texas. Hey, Drew. Hey, good to be here, as always. Drew, you're getting a lot of play on your, your new video, I noticed. You, you, you're getting a lot of people watching it this this week, which is must yeah, be the- cool. Don't you yeah, hate when you, do, when you do something, you get like 10? Like, okay, what am I doing this for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's happened a few times. But yeah, the most recent one has been pretty good. I didn't do one this past uh, week at all because I've been – I've had a lot going on. There's stuff going on with my job. There's stuff going on with my ankle has uh, blown up again. Yeah, you're falling uh, apart. <laughs> yeah, my, my TTMs have not been coming in. I'm going to get to a lot of stuff on that here in a minute, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, it was it kind is. of a slow sure, week. I so it it's is. like, all right, I'm just going to do two weeks here and one for this coming week. I know it is. Curse <laughs> of the Fez. It might be, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna have to burn that thing now. Jeez. Curse of the Fez. I mean, I oh. bought it to wear with my previous, with my old band, and then that broke up. So I wore it for like two shows with my most recent band. That broke up. I put it on for this, and now my ankle explodes on me. It's like, okay, uh, there might be a pattern here. You might yeah, be right. Yeah, this, this is definitely a pattern there. I think you have to kind of watch that. Yeah. Uh, but I know you have a lot of. So we we won't get into all the the tumult that's going on. <laughs> Uh, at work and and uh yeah. you know it's just it, let's let, let's be positive right let's uh yeah. let's have a good positive show um i want to uh we have on when this past wednesday show we had Otto moore who played uh eight or nine seasons in the nba with uh four or five teams and uh we had talked to him about his career and talked to him about uh signing autographs for the fans and all that kind of stuff so make sure you check out our ttm cast 101 which is every wednesday and next wednesday we have 1983 World Series MVP Rick Dempsey and guys hold on to your your, your seats on this one because Rick has he talks so swap stories after story after story he's very funny very entertaining uh and he, he tells a, a really funny practical joke that he played on uh Len Sakata and Mike Boddicker and I can't remember the last guy but it's 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 funny it's it's at the end of our interview so make sure that will be on next Wednesday as I said everyone happy Passover half the Easter we just passed uh, Good Friday, right? So we're yep. we're spring is here, right? Spring is here, Drew. Supposedly, I mean, it's it's snowing in Michigan today, apparently. So I guess Jesus saw his shadow. I mean, six more weeks of winter. That's how this <laughs> holiday works, right? So. Yeah, we got um. We, it's really it's been kind of cool here. It was very it was windy and cool here yesterday, but next week I should say this week coming up is supposed to be in the seventies, and I think hopefully spring is is arrived in Massachusetts. Uh, I picked up some a couple cards on um on eBay. 
I, I my wife gave me a uh, $50 gift card, I don't know, two couple weeks ago. So I, I've been kind of knocking stuff off that I need for my, my uh, holes in my collection. And I picked up a Derrick Henry uh, rookie card for, for $8, which I'm very happy about. I picked up another Fred Lynn car, uh, rookie card, 75 for a couple bucks. And I picked up the Zach Greinke rookie card uh, for a couple bucks. And I picked up that um, Carlos Beltran rookie card but the, oh, yeah. the one the one that's not that's not him it's right, you know, right. it's his picture but he it's not he's not he's not featured his name's not on the card and i forget let me see if i can pull a guy the card out i forgot what the guy's name was i don't know what i do oh there it is too, many, pile, too many piles of cards drew <laughs> yep been there quite a bit i finally condensed some of the stuff i have on my uh workspace here down this week into one box so that helps Okay, Juan LeBron is the. That's right. Yeah, is the guy's name. So I picked up that. I got a seventy-three um, Carlton Fisk pro, uh, Kellogg's. Mm -hmm. I got a uh, I got a, a, a Granky rookie, and I got two Trey Turner rookie cards. I got I got his Bowman rookie card, first rookie card, and I got his Topps rookie card. Nice. So picking up things here and there, and I also got a Larry Fitzgerald rookie card, which was kind of cool, uh, graded. I think it was a PSA eight. So all good. How are you doing? Did you make any purchases this week? I did. Yeah. Uh, the good news is I bought a bunch of stuff off of sport lots for uh, Frisco and Arkansas. Cause I was hoping to go out to Frisco last night for their uh, second game of the year. They're having a pregame autograph session with the entire team, but my ankle has been giving me so much grief for the last week that it's like, I could have, I could have pushed my way through it. It was feeling like about how it did on like the second or third day of my road trip last summer. Yeah. Which you was were dying, pretty man. bad at that point. But yeah, I just, I was not in any mood. It's like, all right, these Frisco guys are going to be here most of the year. Um, they're playing against Amarillo. Amarillo is going to be in again in six weeks. And I don't have anything for Amarillo anyway. So it's like, you know what? I'm taking this one off. I'm going to let it rest. Cause I'd rather be, you know, hopefully good for the entire season by letting this rest than to go out there and get them one time, have my ankle, like, you know, completely explode on me and, me out for the entire season so who did i see is going is getting sent down to frisco to rehab i saw that somewhere uh, uh larry Tavares. Tavares, yeah yeah they sent him down he was there so i don't know if he was part of that signing at all or not but yeah i so i've I got a bunch of stuff in at least for frisco so i've got that ready for the rest of the season um picked up a dirk Nowitzki rookie card most recent uh, member of the basketball hall of fame so i'm going to mail that out to him and hopefully have How that back that? signed oh it's only 10 bucks Good. Not bad at all. It was the, his tops rookie card there. Just to grab that off eBay. You can find it usually, yeah, for around like uh, seven to fifteen bucks or so for uh, the tops one, and more if you want to get the. He's chrome still one. signing, right? He's still, he will still sign through the mail. Yeah, it's a twenty dollar fee for it. There, it oh, goes to his foundation, but that's that's worth it to me. I'll do that. Um, I was supposed to get a couple other items in, but I want to give a big hearty fu to the Washington <laughs> Community Post Office branch in Arlington, Texas, because they lost all of my mail that was supposed to be in on Monday. So, uh. I had bought on eBay with eBay's tracking. They've got that, you know, they have like that $1 shipping that comes with tracking for cards. Yeah. It's a special thing they do there. And that's what this person did that I bought these items from, two people that I bought them from. And one, uh, there's supposed to be assigned a V-Mile Machine. Uh, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's an Oakland A's uh, player there, or was at least for the 21 Heritage set. So I found a signed one of him on eBay. And I picked up the Bobby Witt uh, 21 Tops Heritage Minor short print card. Oh, Nice. Yeah, picked up both of those. That unsigned on the wit, but I'm hopefully I was going to see the Royals this week, and still depends on how my ankle is doing. But I uh, picked up both of those, one signed, one unsigned, and I was supposed to get back a TTM from Rick Dempsey as well. It was all supposed to come in on Monday, along with like this piece of spam mail, and uh, go to the mailbox, and nothing's there. 
I checked, you know, twice during the day and yeah, nothing was in it. So it's like, okay, well, that sucks. Maybe it'll show up the next day. Didn't show up at all. Oh, the, the piece of spam showed up on Tuesday, which is awesome. But the yeah. few that I actually wanted didn't show up. <laughs> so I immediately marked all of them as missing when, I mean, when they, when they first weren't there on Monday and when they weren't there on Tuesday, it's like, all right, that's it. I'm filing a stolen mail complaint at this point because this post office branch has screwed up entirely too much for me. Do you have, I mean, do you have problems people stealing your mail? They don't know what you're doing or no? I don't know. I have no idea what this is, but I mean, enough is enough because they've, they have willfully damaged my mail on a number of occasions. Stuff has been marked as delivered and then not been there. Then they show up a couple hours. I go, Oh gee, <laughs> sorry. We forgot to put that in your box. It's like, yeah. Hey, thanks. Um, get it right. I don't ask for much. I just ask for competence on these people's jobs and they can't even give me that much. I know we're, so, we're, we're yeah. the only house on a dead end street. So mm -hmm. if we don't, if, if we don't have a lot of mail, sometimes the mailman says, ah, screw it, I'm not going down his street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I so, mean, I'm part of a big apartment complex, and we're like one of several on this route. So it's not like, you know, they can just go, ah, forget, I'm not going to bother with these ones today. I'll hit it tomorrow or something. But yeah, so those did not arrive. I've got a mail complaint out with the uh, entire U.S. Postal Service. I mean, I went straight to the top on this. So I'm not screwing around with the local stuff on it. So hopefully those will show up. If they do, great. If not, well, I alerted... Uh, the eBay sellers at least and said, hey, this is marked as delivered and it's not. If it gets returned to you, let me know. We'll figure out how to get it back to me and stuff. I will pay a little extra on postage if I need to for it. So fortunately, though, with the Rick Dempsey one, it has my address as both the regular address and the return address. So if it gets marked return to sender, it's going to come back to me anyway. I've had that happen yeah. at least twice now. So yeah. do you um, do you envision uh, any any in-person graphing? And you talked about Fresno. Are you going to are you going to do Fresno again? Um, I mean, I'll be hitting them throughout the season for sure. Frisco okay. is, I mean, it's right up the road from it's a 45 minute drive. So you got any, you got any shows coming up? Any, any local shows coming up? Um, not that I'm planning on hitting just yet. I mean, I know there's another uh, show up in Allen coming up in May. Yeah. Might hit that one. That's about the only thing I've got potentially on the radio right now. It's just, there's so much flux right now in potential stuff for my job. I'm like, I don't want to go plan yeah, to rock the boat. Just yet. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what yeah. I'm going to be doing much less, you know, next week much less is uh you know a couple months down the line all right guys thanks drew we have a really fun show for you this week we have robert costa robert is a ttmer he's been ttming since he's 13 years old he's from ontario uh near detroit he's a big tiger fan and a big um lions fan and and we talked to uh, red wings fan and we talked to robert about collecting and ttming he he sends out a lot of requests you can follow him on on instagram and uh that's coming up we also have les wolf of course and les and i are going to talk about how to how you sell how do you sell your collection if you get to the point where you're okay i want to you know either you're, you're aged out so to speak right or you you got to do something with it and he gives some helpful tips and we also talked to suze the suze uh from csg she went to the mint collective recently in las vegas last weekend and she gives us her our uh our tour of the the mint and, and some things that happen on the mint so that is coming up then next week we have uh sean and lou from hall of very good podcasts which is a it's a really fun podcast that they have a new show every tuesday and we're going to have uh sean and lou on from them next saturday and we also have clemente lise we're going to look at um hockey playoffs the matchups and how that might affect hockey collectibles as well as the series two we're going to review uh his review on series two so that is coming up Plus, Drew, what do we have? We have all our regular segments. Yes, we do. Baker's Dozen covering everything in the hobby news from the previous week. And there has been a lot of it, as you may yep. know. 
Uh, Collector's Corner, as you mentioned, we'll be talking to Rob Costa in there. Les Wolf coming up right after that. Making the Grade, we'll cover everything in the world of grading. And we'll hear from Suze up at CSG. Uh, we've got the stamp of approval. Jeff and I give our thumbs up to something, anything from the previous week. You never know what it's going to be out of us. We've got all kinds of things we've thrown into there before. The Vern Rap Minute, where we cover deaths in the world of sports, celebrity music, movies, politics, anything, anybody that you might TTM, we'll try to cover them if they've died in the previous week. And the main reason why we're all here, our TTM returns. And guys, we'd love to hear from you. If you're a new listener, Drew, our listenership is up 21% over the last two weeks. So we're we're, nice. we're, we're getting a lot of new listeners. Welcome aboard. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Have any comments, questions, uh, anything for Les? We, Les and I, um, we're going to do kind of a, a, a treasure, treasure or trash segment in a couple of weeks. So if you have anything that you want Les to give a, a, a or an appraisal on and what you know if there's a value on it send us a picture send everything to ttmcast at yahoo.com we might have to do a couple of these drew just to keep you afloat so you, so you can can <laughs> can get your lego your ego waffles in the morning and right. <laughs> all right guys send us email to ttmcast at yahoo.com all right i think we got all our housekeeping out of the way drew yep. next up is Baker's, Baker's Dozen. Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is a news summary of what's been going on in the hobby. Just want a couple things to remind you about. I have a weekly article on Sports Collectors Daily on TTMing and on our um, my successes and on the show and everything else that's going on with us. So make sure you check out my weekly article. Usually post on Tuesday or Wednesday. This week I have also a review of the uh, Naples All-Star event. I wrote an article on that so you can check that out. Um, and then I want to remind everyone that we, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks and I want to thank everyone that, that has done it. But if you haven't done it, go to activevaloraward.org. That's activevaloraward.org. And that is the Bob Feller Active Valor Award. I'm, I'm helping out with them. Uh, they print, they're printing a set of 39 baseball cards featuring guys that were uh, veterans and also excelled on the field some way or another. So if you want to pre-order a set, please just go on. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, they're just looking for an idea of how many sets they should print. All you do, you go on, it put, takes two minutes, put your name, your email address, and your phone number, and then they will call you when they are ready. So go to activevaloraward.org. Help out vet, veterans, help out their families. There's scholarships that they award, they give away, and there's all sorts of cool stuff that, that they're involved in, and I'm helping out on their podcast and, and helping out with some of the marketing stuff. So make sure you check it out. That's a nonprofit. So go to activevalorawar.org. Please pre-order your set of 39 baseball cards. All right. This was kind of a shocker to me, Drew. Yeah, uh, yeah, I heard this came up across uh, yesterday. Our friend Ezra, Ezra Levine, who is the CEO of Collectibles, is leaving Collectibles after three years. So 
He's been there for three years. He's a great friend of the show. I think we probably had it on probably four or five times anyway, right? In the last couple of years. Yeah. And he, he's always very forthcoming and, and, and available to, to talk about what's going on in the hobby. Collectible is game. He brought it from nothing to, to a, a, for, a hobby force, which is, he really didn't. I think he, he'll probably end up on his feet somewhere in the hobby. But uh, I haven't spoken to him yet, but I just want to congratulate Ezra, Ezra Levine, who is leaving Collectibles as of uh, yesterday. What if we're going to see his name end up as one of the other ones going over to uh, Fanatics there or anything? Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him, right? Yeah, yeah. Got a news from uh, Collects that we've uh, talked about, I believe, on our on our uh, midweek show. There, they're launching Collects Pro, C O L L X Pro. It's uh, the you'll have the ability on there to export your collection, print checklists. They'll have feature listings for uh, any kind of sale or trade items. If you want to get in on that? It's going to be nine ninety nine a month and uh, about nine ninety nine ninety nine per year for uh, access to that. Uh, Sounds like a really cool addition to their service. Of course, you know, Collects has just started up in the last, like, what, year and a half or so? Yep. Jeff and I use the basic service quite a bit, and it sounds like they've got some really cool stuff to plan there on uh, Collects Pro. So uh, C-O-L-L-X dot app is the place to check that out. Yeah, and know it's cool there, um, that checklist feature. Not only do you, you can you get a name, you know, a number and a, a, a guy's name, you can get a picture of all the cards. So you can print, basically print out a whole list with all the picture of every card that you need and whatever set you're working on. It's it's a really cool feature. Nice. So check check that out. Well, we got some auction news to report. Robert Edwards auction. They have this spring auction going on 3,900 items. This is the one, one, one of the coolest things they've got is a PSA 9 1955 Tops Roberto Clemente rookie card. The PSA 9 uh, last sold in the fall for $1.05 million, $1 million. So I think they're expe expecting a, a lot of bidding on that. Bidding ends Sunday, April 23rd. Go to robertedwardsauction.com. They've got a lot of cool stuff. Check that out. Uh, April 23rd is my birthday. So if somebody wants to get me an early uh, present <laughs> right on that day, that, that would be kind of cool for it. Yeah, my, my brother and my niece, they're, they're both April 22nd. Nice, nice. Got some news from Heritage Auctions here as well, HA.com. They've got some stuff uh, up for auction right now, ending on April 22nd. They got the 1954 Hank Aaron debut ticket stub is up as one of the items that is in there. They estimate it's going to go for $10,000. It has already passed that. So I'm interested to see how high that gets because, I mean, they've already gone past the projection right there. If you want to follow along with that, it's HA.com. Yeah, it's really cool. That it's in pretty good condition. And I think I I think I, I think there's only like five or six in that have been graded so far. So it's, that's that's a really cool cool uh, thing to add to your collection, especially if you're a Hank Hank Aaron uh, guy. We got a lot some uh, new releases to let everyone know about this this uh, week. Upper Deck Series Two, which we've been waiting on forever, right, Drew? That's been yeah. that's been a while. <laughs> yeah, Upper Deck Series Two. It's 2022 uh, Series Two. You get six Young Guns per hobby back box it's card numbers 251 to 450 you get four upper deck canvas rookie cards two upper deck portrait rookie cards uh boxes are going for gonna go for 120 to 130 dollars i've got a 2022 top stadium club chrome has hit the shelves as well 140 dollars for that you're going to get 14 packs per box six cards per pack with one autograph and like i said 140 the price tag there yeah those seem to be uh going off the shelves pretty quickly yeah i think anytime you put chrome in the people get all excited i don't know why oh yeah they get nuts over it. i mean you compare like i mean if you look at even like the bowman chrome you get a first bowman card of a guy versus the first bowman chrome card of a guy 
they go ape over that chrome one it's like i get it as like a regular card but for me getting it autographed uh there's so much more prep involved and i'd much rather just have the uh the regular one i know have the paper card well we have the 2022 panini limited football uh came out you get five cards three packs two autos and one memorabilia those are going for about 350 bucks that's 2022 panini limited football i haven't seen those drew do you, are those are those nice cards have you seen them? i I haven't seen them uh, recently at all either. It's usually a pretty nice set, though. So yeah, that's what I thought. We've got a Panini Contenders basketball is hitting the shelves as well for the 2022-23 season. You get eight packs per box, four cards per pack, eight uh, two autographs in there as well. Four hundred fifty to five hundred dollars the uh, price tag on that one right now. And very uh, something to look forward to for next week, April tenth. It's coming out. 2022 Tops Dynasty Baseball. It's one in case card. Um, I haven't seen the checklist yet, but I guess that the cards are numbered to 10 or less is five boxes per case. So uh, in terms of getting a, a case hit, you get a pretty good odds on there. Um, I ha- the, We haven't seen a number yet, but I'm assuming that's going to be in the 600 to $800 range, right? Don't you think that's about where they are? For a box, yeah, I would think that would be around there. It's going to definitely be, it's a higher end uh, kind of gambler's product there, but yep. yeah. It's right. Those, those those are the things you want to watch a break. Like I'll just watch exactly. it. I don't. I didn't want to invest in it. I just want to. Watch, I'll just watch the break. Yep. Well, that wraps up our uh, new releases. We have some show news to let you know about. The Hofstra show is next weekend, April fifteenth to the sixteenth. It is at Hofstra University. Our pal Les Wolf will be there exhibiting. Make sure you go stop by and say hello to him if you're in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. Uh, there's a lot of guys uh, signing autographs. They, they they do a great job at this show, getting bringing in guys. Uh, Richard Todd, Wayne Corbett, Joe Klecko, Mark uh, Gastineau, Marty Lyons, Michael Vick, Ken O'Brien, Ricky Henderson, Mike Piazza, Mookie Wilson, and a lot of other guys too, you know, obviously New York-centric. But um, check it out. It's the Hofstra Show. If you go and say say hello to Les, tell him you heard, you heard it here on TTM Cast. Back around my my home area, we've got the Strongsville show coming up the same weekend. They're April 14th through the 16th. Be at the best Western Convention Center in Strongsville. Ricky Henderson's going to be at both those shows, apparently. So uh, flying back and forth between Cleveland and uh, out there at Hofstra, they're in New York, I believe. Yep. But uh, you're also going to have Daryl Strawberry there, Ozzie Newsom, a couple Hall of, uh, Hall of Famer right there in Newsom, of course. Brian Sipe, very uh, solid player from the 1970s and 80s. Mike and Greg Pruitt are both going to be there as well. No relation, but both uh, great backs for the Browns in the 70s and 80s. Reggie Rucker, Browns wide receiver, will be out there as well. Carlos Baerga, nearly a perennial all-star in the early 90s there. Corey Snyder, my favorite player of all time, will be there as well. Bartolo Colon has been added to the list there, as has David Justice. So very heavy on the former Cleveland Indians and former Cleveland Browns that are going to be out there. So once again, that is this coming weekend, April 14th through 16th, Strongsville, Ohio. Have you sent a TTM request to Mike Pruitt? I just sent one the other day. I have not to Mike. Uh, Greg, I've gotten back. And I know Mike has been kind of off and on when it comes to signing. So I haven't Yeah, I figured I'd give it a try. Yeah, might as well. And, and then uh, you mentioned, it's funny when you mentioned Dow Strawberry, the first thing you think is like, he's in a Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, and yeah, I mean, he he, he would have been if he had, if he, if I it know, just if been he was a knucklehead. Or, yeah, yeah. He's he was Hall of Fame talent, but it's just funny when you said we got a couple of Hall of Famers like, oh, he's not in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
Well, it's kind of cool. Well, we have one more show to report to let you know about for in April, April 28th to the 30th. It's the Rich Altman Show in Wilmington, Massachusetts. Uh, Pete Rose is going to be there and Dr. J, Walt Frazier, Tom Glavin, James White, uh, Grant Fuhrer, Mike Tyson, and all, all sorts of former um, patriots are going to be there as well. So it's a good, nice two-day show. Uh, you can go to richhaltmanshows.com, I believe. It's uh, April 28th to the 30th in Wilmington, Mass. Drew, that wraps up Baker's Dozen. I think we got it. We got we put that away in a nice, neat package, all bowed up, all tied up and ready to go, right? Absolutely. Well, next up is we've got more, more from less. less. <laughs> and that, of course, is from our friend and hobby legend, Les Wolf. Les and I talk a little about what's going on in the hobby, but we also really uh, dive deep into um, what you should do when you're getting ready to prepare to sell your collection. You know, eventually you have to give it to somebody to sell it, right? You can't, you can't take it with you. So um, he gives, Les gives a bunch of tips on what to do when you're looking to sell your collection. It's really interesting. So please enjoy my interview with hobby legend, Les Wolf. And now it's time for more from Les with hobby legend, Les Wolf. Get your graded cards in the hobby's best holder. CSG's holders are crystal clear, secure, and make every card in your collection stand out. And the best part is the price. Get your sports cards graded for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Go to csgcards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership with code TTMCAST. Go to csgcards.com. All right, guys, it's my favorite time of the year, favorite time of the day. We get to talk to Les Wolf from Les Wolf Sports, LLC. If you look at his website, it says established in 1959. Is that your birthday? Is that what year you were born, Les? No, I was born in 1953, <laughs> actually. But that's when you started selling cards and autographs. Welcome, Les Wolf. Thank you, Jeff. Always a pleasure to be with you and the fellow collectors that I've known and and relished and been in contact with all my life. You know, like before we we get into our, our topic today, uh, I know we have the um, the Hostra show coming up next weekend on the what is the fourteenth and fifteenth, fifteenth yes, and sixteenth, fifteenth and sixteenth, fifteenth and sixteenth. How you doing? Uh, you you got all your stuff ready to go? Uh, I haven't packed it all, but I, I'm gonna have more stuff than I've ever had. Just about. Well, what do you what are you gonna have at the show? Let people know. Uh, well, I'm gonna have a Derek Jeter base. From 07, MLB Authenticated, signed by him. I'm going to have a Stephen Holland, Jeter Print, uh, G. Clay, signed by him. 4192, one of Pete Rose's balls that we use in the game. But this one's got an interesting twist. Uh, it's signed by the umpire that was the plate umpire. And he wrote 4192, game used, blah, blah, blah. And he signed it to this collector. Very nice. And I know you've been picking up a lot of uh, collections lately. Uh, what, what are some of the things that you've added to to your website and to your eBay store? I've added them mostly to my uh, eBay store, not to my website. Some of that stuff and some game used. Uh, uh, well, I just sold a game used Sheffield bat. I had two Yankee Stadium seats I was posting on social media, and I sold both of them, number three and number 15. Oh, good. You sold number 15? Yeah, I sold 15. That, nice. That fairly quickly. They're hundred year old seats. They retail for two to twenty five hundred. I I got a decent deal on them, so I sold them. I got twelve fifty each. I was happy. 
And so, you know, two Yankee, two one of them is a hardcore Yankee uh, mantle collective friend of mine. He got one, and then I met a new guy, uh, and uh, he bought the other one. Have you seen a downturn at all in um, in sales from the economy? You know, we're you know the stock market's a mess, and <laughs> you know we're, we're we got high inflation. Have you seen a downturn uh, in recently? As I've said in the past, usually when the market's bad, I do better. Uh, my current SCD uh, baseball ad, I've only sold like five baseballs, so that's a new low. I mean, it's still a little early, but that's kind of an indication that the business isn't doing that great. But yes. but I, what I'm finding more is, this, you know, people want to sell their collections. And that's an interesting topic that, you know, that we touched a little upon in the past episodes, but I'm finding this more and more prevalent. I call up an auction company if I want to sell some stuff. And let's say I buy a big collection of baseballs. And there's one or two like uh, Mantle's Special Inscribe Ball or 4192, the Rose Ball that I have. And they're not going to want the other 498 baseballs of the 500. They want just those two good balls. So what do I do with the rest of them? You know, I, I'm stuck with them. And what I do, you know, what I do, which I'm sure most people don't want, you know, most people are going to want to do is I'll go to that collection and instead of cherry picking them, I'll buy the entire collection. Whereas if you go to an auction house nowadays, they only want the high end stuff. They want to cherry pick it because it takes them about the same amount of time to sell high end item as a low end item and, and their margins aren't that big. So I understand why they're doing that. But to the to the collector and you know that wants to sell their collection or the wife wants to sell their collection of a deceased relative or somebody, you don't want to be stuck with 498 baseballs and only sell two of them. You right. want to get rid of every of them. And 90 95% of the, the bigger auction companies just want the high-end stuff. And even the lower end stuff, and then there's two there's two dilemmas with a collection. The first one is, you know, where do you go? Okay, you make a decision, you want to sell it. You decide, you know, what you think you want to get for it, but it's not authenticated. So the dealer is going to have to make their own judgment whether or not the stuff is authentic or they're going to have to send it out. So that expense is primarily on the dealer, not on the collector. Because the collector, you know, doesn't care. They just want, they just want to move that stuff. So... Normally, before the um, before uh, authentication became so prevalent, I myself or any dealer or collector or whatever would go into, let's say, Jeff's house. Okay, Jeff, you have 5,000 signed index cards. We'd go through them. Okay, pick out the top 100 or something. Go through the other 4,900 and just say, okay, this is what I'll pay for the 4,900. Write down what you think the, the 100, the better names are worth and come up with a number and say, okay, Jeff, this is what I'll give you. I'll give you uh, $5,000 for everything. And then you'd come back to me and say, oh, I think that's a little low, blah, blah, blah. We'd go back and forth and we'd banner. Nowadays, now if I come back to those same 5,000 index cards, and I say, Jeff, the better 100 names, I need to get them authenticated. And that's going to cost me anywhere from 10 to $100 per card. So that have to factor well, Les, why would it be? Why would it be a such a high difference in price does it take it takes more to authenticate a, a Babe ruth card or a mickey mail card as opposed to a wade boggs card 
Yes, it does. Um, I mean, Ruth is like $150, depends on what it's on. A team ball, no matter what team, is at least a minimum of 100 bucks. So if I went to all your, if I went to your stuff, and what I originally offered you five thousand, and I have to spend like three, four thousand to get it authenticated, I'm only going to be able to offer you fifteen hundred to two thousand for that, because I have my outlay is going to be, you know, whatever I pay you, and then I have to I have to give it to the to the uh, authenticators. So that's a lot of people don't realize that. And on an average collection, just using you as a topic, five thousand index cards, average collection that's purchased. On minimum, unless there's some great items in there, it's going to take a year to two years for the dealer to make their money back, which people don't realize that. Oh, they think, oh, I'm getting a quick $5,000. Oh, he'll make a fortune on my collection. I have a guy that I bought the pickle jar co ball collection. I've sold two of the baseballs. <laughs> I've got yeah, so, And when did you do that last? That was what, six months ago? A couple of months ago. Yeah. About three, four months ago. But you know, I spent a lot of time on the research. I had the stuff off of JSA. You know, people don't realize that it takes time to get the stuff authenticated. And and then you got to market it. You got to, you know, put an ad together or you got to put it on, on eBay or on your website. So it takes time. So basically, I, I tell people nowadays, you know, if you want my opinion to sell your collection, I'm happy to buy it. But I'm not looking, you know, if you want me to appraise it, it's a separate entity. I can't appraise and buy because it's a conflict. I will give you a fair, what I think is a fair price to buy it. I mean, I have to leave myself room to make some money, but I also have to leave room to authenticate it. And those, the key thing is the authentication and I'll take everything because you don't want to be stuck with those 490, uh, uh, 4,900 uh, three by fives of nobodies. And I just take the hundred. So, that, you know, that's what I look at. Well, at last, where do you draw the line in terms of getting stuff authenticated and not get it you know, authenticated? Is it is it something that's worth five hundred dollars? You'll get authenticated, or do you have a, um, a a number in mind to get it authenticated? Um, usually, when it's Ruth, when it's Ruth Garrick, uh, Mantle, Dimaggio, the better names, the ones that sell for a little more, you know, more than hundred dollars each, two hundred dollars each, I'll get those authenticated. Because, you, you know, basically no one's going to buy it from me or from you or from anybody unless it's authenticated. You know, I'll give the, the JSAs and the PSAs and the, Be the Beckett's, the, you know, they've established their names so that people are brainwashed that they have to get everything authenticated or they have to buy something that, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that has one of their certs. So you you basically get everything authenticated. And when you get something signed at a show, you do you get it authenticated there at the show as well or no? Like I said, I only do it for higher end stuff. Okay. The lower so, but what do you say? What's higher end less? You know, we, I'm at a I'm at a show, I get a Jeff Bagwell uh baseball sign. Do is that do I need to get that authenticated? I would say no. Okay. Take a photo with it and just show it. You're not let's face it, Jeff Bagwell, let him live and be well. He's not going to be a very valuable bull in 20 years from now. How about like a guy like Dr. J? Dr. J is going to be at the Rich Altman show in a couple of weeks. I'm thinking about getting something signed by him. Should I get that authenticated? I would say no. I mean, Dr. J, great signer, been signing forever. I, I wouldn't uh I wouldn't waste any money on doing that. So really only the Mount Rushmore guys, right? The Ali. Yeah. The, the Ali. The Jordans, the LeBrons, you know, those kind those kind of guys I would do. As well, how about um, do you if you pick up a a, a signed team ball, do you automatically go okay? I got to get that authenticated, or that's it's a very of... good question. 
I had a guy I bought. Uh, he used to be a Yankee bat boy. Uh, no, his dad used to own the daily the Yankees used to go to. And every now and then I buy stuff from him. He had a Maris ball that had another signature on it. It was personalized. So I bought that. But he had a, he had a, six, a 59 Yankee ball and a 66 Twins ball. And he wanted to sell the mantle ball. The, 61, the 59 Yankee ball had a, had a clubhouse mantle. And the, the Twins ball, it looked good, but I really didn't want them. He said, do you want to buy them? I said, no, because at minimum, they're $100 to $150 to authenticate. So before you bat an eye, you have to uh, shell out a hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks. Right, and the team balls are only worth a couple hundred dollars usually, right? Unless it's a uh... exactly, and and unfortunately, the Yankee ball with a, with a, with um with a clubhouse mantle kind of defeats the purpose of the ball, right? You know? And in my past history, whenever I've had a a clubhouse uh, autograph on a baseball, it makes makes it extremely difficult to sell. So the guy that had those two balls, he said to me last, he says, Why, you know, just take them whenever you sell them, let me know. So I still had to lay out a hundred bucks each ball to get them authenticated. So whenever I do sell them, I'll give them back X amount of money minus the authentication and minus whatever it's costing me to sell it. But team balls, very difficult to sell. Very tough to sell unless it's unless it's all authentic. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I've seen, I see a lot of, team balls on uh, ebay and i'm amazed at how low the prices are and maybe because it isn't authenticated and maybe it's just you know the, there's a lot of them out there i guess i don't know i would say for people that don't know on a on a on a team ball like a yankee ball or something like that you know do a quick opinion do a psa quick opinion or beckett or jsa um uh, i unless it's a really good team like a 61 yankee ball I would say you don't want to get it authenticated unless your only concern is to sell it. Sure. How, but, now, how and, about? How then, many, like I said, then, like I said, you're laying out $150 to get it authenticated, hoping to make a profit on that. How many, how many calls do you get a week that, that people are trying are looking to sell their collection? And what percentage of those calls do you think you end up actually part, making that purchase? Believe it or not, Based upon my Google reviews, I would say I average a half a dozen to a dozen a week. Really? That many? Yeah. And well, I have over 50 five-star Google reviews. And not every one of them did I purchase the collection from. Some of them I just advised or told them what stuff was worth. Um, on an average, I would say on a decent autograph collection, I usually buy almost all of them. Um, on some collections, I just had a guy yesterday that has um, a Kobe, nice upper deck uh, signed photo. And he said, what's this worth? And he sends me a picture. Someone's trying to sell it for $75,000. I said to the guy, I say, listen, you know, <laughs> I, I wish I could get that kind of money. And, and I Googled, I went, went back and forth looking at the pictures, the picture the guy has. And my my guesstimate of five hundred to a thousand was was right on the money. I mean, a thousand, maybe a little more, because it's upper deck. But you need all the paperwork, and you need the autograph to be in mint condition. So, I would say I'd probably buy ninety percent of the stuff that's offered to me. I just got offered a whole bunch of three by fives. Guy had like five hundred three by fives. Yep. And I searched through the list, and they were all through the mail over the over the twenty thirty years, and he didn't have many Hall of Famers. 
unless he was just trying to sell me the lesser names. And rather than wasting my time and his time, I, I looked it over quickly and I said, listen, I'm not really interested. Uh, just try to sell it maybe yourself on eBay. Is there anything that you stay away from? Do you stay away from jerseys? Do you stay away from uh, anything, cards? Is there anything you stay away from? Being in this business for as long as I have been, you can never stay away from anything because okay. you never know what, you know, you might come across something really good or a big collection or, you know, or that per that one, like, for example, once again, that, um, that Hall of Fame ticket that I had to Joe Montana, he got into the, to the Hall of Fame with the 49 autographs. I buried it away on my desk like 15 years. I didn't think it was worth anything. I didn't even know who the autographs were. And so I did a little research and realized that was was Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's first game. First game he ever threw a pass in. First game Belichick ever coached the Patriots. And then I got like a thousand bucks in auction for it. But originally I thought it was worth 50 bucks. Right. It's just sitting on your desk. So you never. On my desk. And at the time I bought it, the $50 price tag that I put on what I thought it was worth was right on the money. Right. But who knew that 15 years later, Tom Brady become the goat of uh, NFL quarterbacks. So right. it's very, I mean, know. you and I have spoke before. It's very important to keep a running inventory of what you have. Right. And make, make sure you, you remember what you have. Um, if you're looking to sell, or if you're just looking to have it, the collection of praise, you definitely have to have a listing of it. I mean, if you came to me and say, Les, I want to sell these five five thousand uh, index cards, you don't have a list. Okay, you know, bring it to me or send it to me, or I'll see you at a show and I'll take a look at it and give you a, a fair assessment. Do you get a lot of people coming up to you booths, especially at the national that that are that is trying to sell stuff? I years ago that used to be like I, I used to be extremely busy with that. Over the last few years, I find it not as much. I mean, here and there, it's some, um, but usually by the time they get to me, they've already walked most of the show, unless they came to me first, not as much as it used to be. Why do you think that? I, I think a lot of people want to try to sell it themselves. They think that, they, you know, everybody thinks there's a, they're a pro on eBay. So they go ahead and they try to sell it on eBay, not realizing that there's 15 to 20% eBay fees, then there's PayPal fees, there's listing fees. You got to take photos. You got to know how to put it in which category. You got to get it authenticated. So that's taking a, a large chunk out of the money that you're going to take. You're going to get for it. Have you had anyone come to you with, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of old, the old unopened stuff. Have you had any anybody come to you with un, old or unopened packs or cards or anything? I've had, excuse me, I've had some unopened stuff, but it wasn't of, any, of much value. Okay. I mean, I actually come to think of it, I just had um, someone called me. I got to look at my notes. Um, he had a bunch of unopened score of football. And From the 90s? In the 90s. And the one particular year he had, I think it was 90. I think it had the Montana rookie in it. And he want, he was looking to sell him. And after further questions, I found out that he had multiples. He didn't just have one. So as soon as I hear that, it puts a red flag on my head. So, okay, if I buy that case and spend X amount of dollars for it, and all of a sudden he decides to sell another 10 more to uh, to Jeff Baker, and Jeff pay, pays half of what I paid, uh, I'm in trouble. Right, <laughs> the market, the market's flooded all of a sudden, yeah, and, and it's, so, it's not worth anything. I mean, another thing is you always, 
the this the seller's got to be aware of the buyer to know how many they have. And I, and I find a lot of the uh, a lot of uh, the the clients that are trying to sell this stuff are very coy with it, which I can understand. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but when you're doing something like that, you're you're kind of deceitful. You got to tell. Okay, listen, Les, I have 25 of this this 1973 unopened uh, wax uh, baseball. Yeah. Okay, these are worth. Let's. I'm just throwing numbers at. These are worth five thousand a case. Uh, I would. What I would do is I would sell one, and then maybe sell one and spread them out, and sell them in different auctions. Spread them out and sell them that way, or I would say, listen, I think at the time this market is now, I think I would sell them all in one shot, and try to you know try to you know get your money back that way. I mean, there's all different kinds of ideas, or you could just sell them individually, not even auction them. Right now, and you know, all you need is two people to be interested in something, and then, and then the the price is is unreal, right? Oh, definitely. You definitely never, never know where you know where it's going to go. Do you, I know you work with a, a lot of auction houses? Is there is there one or two that you prefer over the others? Not to try to phrase one above the others. I would say they all have their merits. They all have like their niches. Um, I would say I like Golden. I like Heritage. I like Leland's. I like Collect Auctions. Uh, Goodwin. Um, th those are pretty much the ones that I I've used in the past and had good good relationship and good good, um, good responses but like it all depends you know like anything else it depends on what you have right if you and, have and, and when you deal with an auction company you're you're wait you're gonna have to wait for your money because of the the, the process right well that's the other thing you know you wait 90 days to, to six months by the time they put it into an auction then you gotta wait another 90 to six just you know 90 days or longer till they till it till the auctions ends until they get paid so you know i'm still waiting on checks so if you're looking for the you know the quick good money and not have to worry about getting cherry picked you know give me a call i'm happy to help you i'll tell you what to do if i think you're better off waiting that time to sell this stuff i'll, I'll tell you what to do you know well, guys I'll, if you have any questions for less you can send it to me at ttmcast at yahoo.com or you can email less at go ahead let's switch your email address again L Wolf W O L F F eighteen twenty three at AOL. Remember, Les keeps AOL alive. Long live AOL. <laughs> and if anybody out there has that that photo match or that really rare game used jersey in any sport, but preferably a Hall of Famer, let me know because I have I have clients that want to buy that stuff and they they're calling me constantly looking to buy the better stuff. Who who are who are some of the hot, hot items that people are looking for? Any any Ruth Garrick, uh, Mantle, Mays, Sidney Crosby, um, Tom Brady, any of that kind of stuff now. But the key the key thing with that stuff is, you know, you gotta try to sell it privately to me. And that not stuff that you just bought out of an auction. You spend five hundred thousand dollars on that on that Babe Ruth uh, jersey and all of a sudden, oh, 
I think I can get a million bucks for it. And you just sold it last week. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, you I was going to say for that, and they know that. As an appraiser, how do how do you appraise the kind of those one of a kind items, the stuff that doesn't show up a lot in in uh, on the marketplace? Well, for example, um, let's say it's a ring, uh, Tom Brady's ring, a championship ring. You find a comparable, let's say a Joe Montana ring when he won his first Super Bowl. You know, what's his ring go for? You use that as a comparable to compare. And are there, uh, can you go on the auction sites and, and, and put something in to, to see what the, yeah. that item is, has yeah. sold for? Yeah. You just check out, you just filter them out. Like on eBay, you could filter, you know, what things sell for. To give you an idea what the thing is really worth. But people out there, when you, when you do that and you see an item sold for $5,000 and it was the only one out there, don't think that you're going to get $5,000 because one person got it doesn't mean to say you'll get it. Right. And by the same token, that the set, the guy that was asking 75,000 for an upper deck Kobe uh, photo, you know, you know, <laughs> that's a pipe dream. You know, that's just someone hoping to strike, uh, strike a you know, get a mirror, get someone get hit by lightning and say, Oh, I just, I have $5 billion. Let me go spend 75,000 on that. I mean, it doesn't work that way. Most people are savvy buyers on that stuff. So as the cavity impure, let the buyer beware. You got you really got to be aware of that stuff and, and be careful. Guys, check out Les Wolf on Les Wolf Sports LLC. Uh, that's his store on the internet and his website. He has all sorts of stuff for sale uh, for Father's Day, for birthdays, for gifts, for Mother's Day. There's all sorts of cool stuff. There's nothing like giving an autographed item to somebody that, that they'll cherish for the rest of their life. So make sure you check out his sports, uh, his store, LesWolfSportsLLC.com. And he has a store, an eBay store, which is? Sports Autographs. But instead of S's, use Z's. Sports autographs. But also remember, folks out there, I, I will still do because you just mentioned TTM uh, and send me an email or send Jeff an email. I'll give you a quick idea what something is worth. I call it trash or treasure. If you want to <laughs> the pictures, I'll tell you if it's trash or if you have a treasure there. Well, you know what, Les, maybe we'll do that in a couple of weeks. We'll do a Trash and Treasures episode. We'll have people send in their stuff, and then they can we, we can give Pref them their Preferably opinion like on. one or two items per person. Yeah. I don't, I don't want someone sending a collection of uh, 500 cards and stuff and uh, to tell them what it's worth. But, you know, a couple of items I'm happy yeah, to do. Yeah, guys, do, take a picture of so one or two of your items. Send it to me at ttmcast at yahoo.com. In a couple of weeks, we will do a trash or treasure show with Les, and uh, he'll give his opinion on your stuff and give you a, a ballpark value. Uh, and there's no charge for that, guys. So send us a send us a, a picture of one of your things, and Les will give you a quick appraisal on it. Les will be at the Hoster Show April 15th to the 16th. He will also be at the National. He's got a booth at the National. If you're going down to Chicago at the National, he will be there. And Les is on our show just about every week to talk about what's going on in the hobby. Les, what's your thoughts on uh, uh, baseball season so far? We've got we're well, two weeks one, in. One, one more thing. Uh, remember, folks, it's not an official appraisal. An right. official appraisal is a legal document that have to spend time to do. This is just like a guess opinion. value. Just uh, opinion. I, I think that the, you know, it's interesting. Think When you think about this, I didn't think about it. In a, you know, someone asked me the question and all of a sudden it just hit me. How many sports do not have a clock on it that, that we play and we, we follow? 
Yeah, just baseball, right? Now baseball is baseball and golf. Yeah, golf. <laughs> okay. Now that baseball has a time clock, you know, it's kind of getting very it's hard for these batters and pitchers and players to adjust to it. And you're seeing it you're seeing a much quicker game. I mean, years ago when you when you go to a game, it's like, okay, let me go get a hamburger, let me go get a Frank, and you go, nothing's happening in this game. Uh nothing, nothing. Eighth inning. Oh God, when are they gonna get a hit? You know, but but now you realize that guy's got to get in the batter's box much faster. The pitcher's got to throw the ball faster. I think in the long run, it's better. Uh, the shift, I think, was also a really good, you know, that the guys can't shift. I agree. Uh, because, but but then again, there's two sides to that that uh, conversation. When, you, when you're a major league baseball player and you're a lefty, and you have a dead pull hitter, and you can't figure out how to learn to hit to the left side of the infield. There's something wrong there. I mean, Ted Ted Williams never had a problem doing that. You know, right. why can't these guys learn to hit to the opposite field? But that's that's the way. You know, that's the way these players hit. Everybody's feast of famine, home run or a strikeout. And a lot of the guy, a lot of stealing bases too. The guys are running now. Well, the bases are bigger. I know that it, makes it shorter. And plus, a pitcher is only allowed to throw over two times. Right. And if he does the third time he throws over, he doesn't pick you off. You have that base. That's right. How are you doing on TTMs? Any TTMs come back? Actually, funny you should ask me that. Well, what'd you get? I got I got my Mario Andretti cards back pretty quickly. Oh, nice. I told him to keep some. I think I don't think he keep me. I don't think he kept many. He, he actually I think he kept one card that I only had only had a couple of uh his victory lap card. Okay. This one. Very cool. So are those going to be available on your website? No, I think I'm just going to keep them for now. He's got one heck of a weird handwriting, like a line and then a loop. You know, you know, it doesn't really write. How old is he now? He's got to be in his 80s. I would think so, too. Yeah. You you send anything else out? No, I haven't sent anything else out. Uh, I am still waiting on my Bill Bradley program from Bill Bradley night. He's slow. Bill Bradley's slow. Yeah. I actually sent out a nice photo of John Travolta. I like to get my own collection. All right. I'm waiting on those two for now that I can think of. And I got back my Phil Sims. I got back my Jeff Mullen. Got back my Rod Laver. He took a little long time. And now I got my Mario Andretti cards back. Very cool. Don't you love getting stuff in the mail? It's the best. Yeah. When I was when I when I was a young pup in my teens. You know, my you know, I couldn't wait to see the postman. You know, well, Ted, I, I'm Teddy. in my fifties and I still can't wait to see the postman yeah. every day. So no, Teddy Teddy was my postman when I lived in when I lived in in the projects in Queens, Pominock. He'd come around with his thing and I couldn't wait till I said, Okay, what do you got for me, Teddy? So, <laughs> so if I saw the envelope said Les Wolf and and my my address says and I'd put the little initials in the corner. So I'd have to figure out who it was. Well, I know who does. My fr- our friend Drew Pelto does that. I don't. I I'm surprised when it comes in. I'm surprised. Sometimes I don't do that. All right, bud. But nowadays, I, I still I try to do that. All right, you have a you have a good week. You have fun at uh, Posture Show next weekend, and I think we will talk to you in two weeks. All right, folks. Please try to make it down to the Hofstra Show. It's a really good show. Jimmy Ryan will be running the national. Is running it. Great guy. Great guest. He's gonna have a whole bunch of jets there, and the main and the main thing about him, 
Everything there is authentic. He's he he only the best dealers he has come in, and he's just he's a pleasure to deal with. And well, Jeff, so I really hope you can try to make it. You have an open invitation. If you need some place to stay, I'll work it out. You can stay in the in the Wolf Hotel. <laughs> for that show. So I don't know. I heard you snore it. less. But you'd be in another bedroom. You wouldn't hear it. I heard you do. <laughs> All right, buddy. You have a good show, and we will Thank talk you. to you in a couple of weeks. And uh, well, let's see, you ready? Go, go, Yankees! And happy Easter to everybody. And happy Passover and happy, and happy Easter happy to everyone. Passover holiday to everybody. All right, be good. You too. Les was on his game today, Drew. He really was. He, it was a it was a nice nice segment. Uh, very helpful. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, and Les will be at the national. He's also going to be in Austria. Um, so if you're going to any of those shows, make sure you stop by and say hello to Les. Tell him you heard him on on TTM Cast because he 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 loves he loves that kind of stuff. So yeah, make sure you say hello to him. All right, next up is Collector's Corner. Well, Drew, this this guy's a, a a friend of yours, I believe. You know him anyway, and and he's a hockey guy, and he he does baseball as well, and some some uh, Detroit stuff, and he's a great TTMer. His name's Robert Costa. And uh, he, when I first, when I, you know, when you first meet somebody, because I didn't meet him in person, I just met him online, you know, we t we're talking back and forth. And I thought he was going to be an older guy, you know, I thought he was going to be in his 60s, because he does mm -hmm. so much, he's been TTMing forever. He's only 30. Wow. He started TTMing when he was 13 years old, and he's a, he's a, a really good poster on uh, social media, uh, on Instagram. Yep. So uh, please enjoy my interview with collector Robert Costa. And now it's time for Collector's Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. All right, guys, it's time for a little Collector's Corner. Boy, that wasn't a good introduction, was it, Robert? Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Bob. <laughs> My voice cracked and everything, but we'll, we'll, we'll stick with it. I am I have a great collector. He is a TTMer. He's a card collector. He is a Canadian. He's from Windsor, Ontario. His name is Bob Costa. He is on bob hosta collection on instagram so we're gonna that's how i met bob i'm gonna talk a little ttming and a little collecting welcome to the program bob hey jeff nice to have nice to meet you and have me on thank you bob I, forgive me i you know i'm gonna call you robert one of these times so i've been following bob for a while on instagram and he always has really such interesting posts he's he's just ran just did his top I think 20 hockey uh, TTM re returns. He's done baseball and all sorts of other cool stuff. And I hadn't met Bob before. And the, today is our first time we've actually met. And I thought Bob was going to be this old crotchety guy that's been collecting forever. But Bob's only 20 years old. So uh, 30 years old. Sorry. He's been yeah. collecting since he's 13. And what a collection you built, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I uh, started out as a card collector and uh, started TTMing. And I always tell people who ask me about TTM, like it's an addiction. I warn you, it's a full on addiction. <laughs> like you think you're going to send maybe two or three a week. It's going to be 20, 30 in a matter of no time. How many do you do a week? I, I try to do 10 a week. That's my goal. So my goal is always like 20. Cause my goal is a thousand a year. I've never hit that goal, but that's the goal is a thousand a year. And I haven't hit it, but I'm trying to get there. So it's tough. I'm running uh, with people. How, how long? Yeah, I mean, you've been T-Town since, since you were a, a teenager. Yeah. So, and, and I, you know, I've been T-Town pretty regularly for probably 
six or seven years. And I, I used to TTM back in, in the late 70s and early 80s as well. And I don't know if you, you've run the same problem that I do is that, you know, you get so many, you get like all the guys, right? You get the guys that sign. And then yeah. it's like, oh, now I got to go back to either I got to send guys again that I've already gotten, or I, I got to try for the, you know, go for the long, long shots. Is that what is happening to you? So what I've really moved into is trying to get rookie cards done. Mm-hmm. I think that's been kind of my new focus or vintage cards because I have a lot of the nineties guys. I have a couple sets I work on in the nineties and I just, I know I'll never complete them because I can't physically spend like $200 on a Patrick Waugh. Like I just can't do it. So it, it's a hole in the collection. I don't mind. I just learned to accept, you know, that's how my collection is going to be. But the rookie cards have been a lot of fun. There's a lot of, great hall of famers have been signing and the rookie cards aren't terribly expensive. So that's kind of been a new focus of mine. So do you, you do primarily hockey and baseball, correct? Yeah. Those mostly very few football, basketball, a couple guys here and there, but maybe 10 a year between the two sports. And you have a disadvantage, I think of being in Canada to, cause you have to, you know, what, what 80% of them are in the States, right? Yeah. The majority are in the States. So I do have to, you know, get the U.S. post. Luckily, I live near the U.S. border, so I'm able to buy postage pretty easily. So that it's one easier part of the TTM game because a lot of Canadians will message me and ask, how do I get my U.S. stamps? And it's always like, well, I kind of have an advantage over you if you live in Toronto or something. Do you uh, think being a Canadian has helped you, specifically with the hockey players, um, as a, you know, as a, you know, competing against other TTMers? I think a little bit, I mean, but probably not a huge amount because you don't, I don't know how much the guys look at like the envelope where they're from, unless you're from somewhere really exotic. Like I've seen a lot of people from like Japan who TTM into the U S and they'll get these great letters back because it's like the the first ever request I got from Japan. Sure. So I think that's kind of cool. Do you, um, do you have a favorite team that, that you like to collect over another team or you don't really care? You, 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 you're kind of TTM blind like I am. <laughs> well, I have a soft spot for uh, Red Wings and Tigers are okay. kind of like if those guys, if I can, if I'm ordering cards to send out and I know that like, oh, they played certain years in Detroit, I'll, I'll try to get the Detroit cards. But if not, I'm more of like, I like certain getting certain sets signed, even if it's not completing the set, I'd like, it's just certain, I guess, brands that I grew up with. Yeah. I, I only bought a couple packs, but the cards have resonated with me. Well, I want to get more of those to send out. Do you have a preference? Because I, I know um, Clemente Lisi, who's kind of my our hockey guy, he comes on and we talk uh, new releases and stuff. Do you have a, a preference in terms of uh, upper deck to send out? Because there's so many different upper decks out there some of them are glossy the metal ones yeah. and all that do you have a preference for, for the current upper deck sets so the most of the new guys don't really tend to sign a ton so i don't really have many of the new upper deck products but like for me growing up my thing was always victory upper deck victory because it was cheap i was a kid and that's what i could afford yeah. so I, I have a soft spot for anything victory even the new stuff i'll still send out victory just because it's nostalgic for me um pacific as well like the early 2000s pacific is a uh, one that I had a lot of those cards. So I love getting those signed because just memories of, oh, I remember looking at that card. Now it's autographed. Like I get excited about that kind of stuff. I really like the the ninety pro set cards because they go they, they go deep in into the oh, roster yeah. and they're great. They they hold the autograph well really well, don't you think? 
Definitely, definitely. That's actually one of the sets I'm working on, but I'm working on 9293, which is like more of the, the one of the more obscure pros. A lot of people haven't like experienced that set a lot. It, they didn't print a ton of it compared to the other, like the 90 Pro set, which is abundant. Everywhere, yeah. So it's hard to like find, even just find like not unsigned cards. Those are not super common. So it's kind of fun to get those. But that was like, when I was a kid, I bought a ton of 1993 Pro set. So Did you collect of... Opeachy as well? Because, you know, being Canada, you had, you had access to all the uh, vintage Opeachy stuff. Um, a little bit, but as silly as it was, I really didn't have, never had an LCS. I had a dollar store that sold cards growing up and they never carried, um, the Opeachy, like the older Opeachy junk wax. They only yeah. carried pro set junk wax. So I was always a pro set guy just because of what I had. I bought a lot of Opeachy stuff now to get signed is I do prefer it over tops just being it's the Canadian, um, edition. But I've heard a couple guys, and they're an interesting idea. He goes, certain teams like uh, Islanders, like the '70s Islanders cards, you should get those signed in tops because those it, it was hot in the Northeast, and it was it was Americans who liked those cards, not necessarily like people in Canada weren't chasing Trotchy and Bossy the way like New Yorkers were. So I was like, do, you oh, find, do you find the hockey guys um, sign? A little easier than than the baseball players oh uh, definitely i think it's just the popularity of the sport i think they're generally quite a bit more receptive to signing i think there's not as burnt out yeah and i think guys yeah, and i think the better players from uh vintage they're they're very good at signing a lot of the guys you know johnny busick and even oh, phil yeah. esposito will sign you know yeah phil phil i've struck out a few times i've gotten one from him but i've struck out a few times on him even sending him cash is just the moment I start sending cards like I like care about their like vintage stuff, those never come back. But I can send like a new Parkhurst card and like that'll come back unsigned. But the old stuff never, never comes. So I don't know. I know you, you you've been posting on um on Instagram and it's Bob Hosta Collection. Follow him on Instagram because he posts every day. You've been posting a lot of cool hockey, but like the top 20 hockey returns, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah, I've been working on. I can't. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Patrick Ryan on Instagram, the P I'm Ryan not. collection. So P Ryan, he has this case of like a hundred iconic cards, and they are like mind blowing, like a multi million dollar collection. But his whole thing is that if you only could have a hundred cards, what would you keep? And you have to keep it to a hundred. So I said, okay, I can't afford that level of collecting. But I have all these awesome TTNs. If I want to show someone my cards, what a hundred would I want someone to see? So I went through my baseball collection and kind of grabbed my top 100 returns and kind of put some personality into it. Like, you know, extra Tigers cards that people wouldn't care about. Like Cecil Fielder might not do anything for you, but as a Tigers fan, he's important. So I did that with baseball and now I'm doing it with hockey. And it's a lot of fun to kind of look back on who you've gotten, picking like maybe one card to represent that player, even if you've gotten them multiple times trying to limit it right because the gear sure. has been amazing signer when he was with us but i don't want to have 30 gila fleurs in that in that collection right so i've kind of been doing that posting in chronological order so I've, i'm in the mid 80s right now and hopefully by the time this airs maybe i'll maybe i'll be done it maybe i'll be in the early 2000s but it's fun to kind of show off different stuff how many cards do you send when you send send a request off 
usually try to keep it under four. Okay. If it's four, I, I, unless for some reason, like I, there are times where I'll send a few more out. If it's like they got three set cards I need plus a couple of sets that are nostalgic to me and they are a good signer, I will send it out or an obscure player that like no one really, he's probably gets 10 pieces of mail every two months. Like sure. I don't, he's going to be upset about it, but usually around less than four, depending on the caliber of the player. And what do you include in your letter to play to players? Do you have a special, do you, do you handwrite your letters and do you uh, ask a question or, or, or how, what do you include in your letter to the players? So I generally handwrite. Um, I actually, I always handwrite. I tried typing. I felt, felt wrong. I don't know. Um, but I, I handwrite it. I usually kind of mention that I'm a fan um, looking for their autograph for my collection. I try to find p- some anecdote about their career that I kind of identify with or, for example, like guys who might have played for like our Windsor junior team, I'll mention that. Or they played against it. Like our arena in our area was known for being like a kind of a tough arena. Like the crowds are kind of crazy. So last sure. about their junior careers and stuff like that. Something a little different. And a lot of times they will respond a little better, like even with a, a quick anecdote about it, because it's just something they don't get asked all the time compared to what was it like winning a cup? Like they probably hear that all the time, but something a little different have you had any players reach out to you to call you or or contact you uh after you sent them a request uh no i never really include like a phone number or anything so i haven't had that bob bob put a phone number in my friend really eh? really i've never i've never thought of that i've always thought that i'd be bothering them i almost called frank thomas the original one because he on his business yeah he just passed away too he just passed away and i thought originally like i should thank him because he wrote a really nice letter back um thanking me for my donation and things like that and i was like ah i I don't want to bother him he's already been so generous signing he included extras i'm not going to bother him and now like it would have been cool to talk to him to see what he had to say yeah, I mean, every once in a while, I'll get a call from somebody. I'll be sitting here on my computer, and I'll the phone will will ring. Like I, Rick Middleton called me last year. Just really? Of, yeah, I sent him a request, and he just called me. He, he was promo- no he way. was uh, he was he was coaching a um, like the uh, Paralympics uh, team. You know that you know okay. they and yeah. he was. We were talking about that. It was really interesting. Just uh, out oh, of the blue. Cool. Okay. Put your I, phone I number in, my it. friend. <laughs> I gotta start doing that. You I never, never know I who's never gonna call to. you. For sure, I do write to a lot of obscure hockey players that people probably forgotten about. So it might be, might be something worthwhile for sure. Yeah, I've been, I've been, uh, I went on a hockey kick. I've been on a hockey kick lately, and I got, uh, I got Ernie Hickey. Remember him? He played for the North Stars and a bunch of bunch of teams. Yep. I got Gary Howard, who played for uh, the Islanders forever, and. Uh, I just had Don Edwards on on my show. I don't know if you listened to him. I got I got a couple of returns yeah. from him, Lou Nanny. So I, I've been on a real hockey yeah. kick lately. Kind of the '70s guys, yeah. Those are like well, every once in a while I'll go through and order a whole bunch of those kind of like '70s players. They're fun and they're, they're great signers. The cards are like super colorful and just kind of interesting. Yep. Today today was a good day though. Today Don Cherry came back on a rookie card, so that was nice. pretty exciting for me. Did, how, did you send it to care of the Bruins or how did you, how did you send it out? Yeah. Yeah. I sent it to the Bruins. I've seen some people get successes through CBC in Canada, but he's not employed by them anymore. So maybe they're just forwarding their, his mail to be nice, but I felt like the Bruins are more of a, like probably a better way to go with that. 
Yeah, I got him last year on a rookie card, and he sent me uh, two custom cards, I think. Yeah, he, he cool. sent me one of those, like, something related to his uh, DVDs. I sent a DVD cover last year. Okay. And I was like, Graves is getting up there. I I probably should get him on a rookie card, or I'm going to regret it. Like, And even though he personalizes, I don't care. Like, I like the personalization. I agree. I, I, I like it as well. I like when they write a little something extra, though. Like, my favorite of all time, I got Steve Yager in person. And he's a famous catcher for the Dodgers. And he wrote Catch You Later. And I thought that was, <laughs> I just thought that was cool. Like, uh, just something different, right? Like, you sh- if you show that to someone, even on a big sports fan, they'll find that more interesting than just a scribble. Yeah, I agree. Do you, uh, do you do go to the hotels or, or, or uh, go to practices no. or go, any of that st- kind of stuff? Not really. Like, I've done a few in person things. Some friends and I went down to spring training a couple of years when we were in college. Um, and got autographs. That was a lot of fun. But I find just the time it takes to do it, and like being across from Detroit, like I don't want to be standing on a Detroit street corner. Like I just don't feel comfortable doing it. Yep. And, and for what it, for the amount of time, sometimes it's like I'll just pay for the guy if I really, really want that player. And most hockey guys tend to sign to the mail anyways. Eventually, I have a long term view on things. I'm like, in ten years, they'll sign. I don't. Yeah, I I agree. I have you gotten any um old returns? You know, things that have been out there for two three years and, and they they hit the mailbox to your surprise. Yeah, actually, yeah, a few of them. Yesterday, uh, Mark Bellhorn of the Red Sox. Oh sure, for three years. That was a pretty exciting one. Um, a couple, a bunch of year long returns recently. I'm trying to remember who. I haven't been posting my actual returns because I've been doing my top 100 things. So I've kind of just been logging them, but I um. No one super noteworthy, more just like older stuff that I thought should have been a quick return. And then it ends up being like two years later. But I'm just losing rookie cards left and right. That's been my new thing. I have lost so many rookie cards of Hall of Famers. And I'm starting to go, why do I do this? Like guys like Rod Langway, he should be automatic, right? Yep. Not for me. (laughs) Bernie Federko, I've lost three of his. I had my my guy was always was Archie Manning. Archie Manning. Okay, yeah. I would send uh, to him, and I would get back, uh, you know, a return not, with nothing. Yeah. You know, his stuff cross out in black, and my envelope back. And it took me like three years to him finally sign for me. I don't know why. Yeah, he's. I got two empty envelopes from him. I'm pretty sure they're him because they were New Orleans, Louisiana, and I write the player's initials in the back of my envelope. Oh, you cheat. Oh, no. My my co-host does that. I, it's fun, though, because when I, I like to – I like what, I, what I'll do is a lot of times my wife will get – if I, my wife gets the mail, she'll tell me where the postmark is. She'll tell me the initials, and I have to guess. No, no. I, my wife goes, okay, we just got something from – phoenix arizona i'm like i don't yeah. know who i sent to phoenix arizona because i don't put yeah. the i like to be surprised i don't put the initials yeah. on i put the initials only because i worry that um if it came back empty like i kind of know who it is so then if i am like am i waiting to send them out again should i try it again or who kind of who was it right for my tracking of things so what do you think your return of, rate is do you what do you what do you think your return rate is I keep very detailed. I'm a finance guy, so I keep very. Like de- I have models that predict how many returns I should get in a week. Like I'm that. And level. how close is it? Um, it's actually under. It actually under 
it's a little bit under. It usually misses by one a week, which is pretty good. I that think is pretty, pretty good. Impressive. But I have like 13 years of data in that thing. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like I, I think right now I'm down to like 65% in the last couple of years, which is pretty good, but not as good as it used to be. It used to be like almost 75. From what yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I was close to 75 for a couple of years and I bet I'm close to close to 70 now. I, yeah, do you yeah. take a lot of chances? Do you take, are you really? My chances are like, okay, it'll be more of like this former player is coaching for this team. I haven't seen any returns, but let me send to him. I never, I used to try and dig up addresses and I can tell you, I've gotten zero returns from addresses I found myself. So I just probably 30, 40 tries I've given up. So I I'll do like team requests to guys who like might not sign, but I'm, or like, I'll just get hired. That's my favorite. Like if someone just gets hired somewhere, I find those a lot of times you'll get success that way. Have you had any success with Kim Neely at the, for the Bruins? I got him years ago. Okay. Actually TTM with the Bruins, no donation, nothing. And like, I, I regret that card every time. Cause it's an old 1990 Bowman, like the ugliest set of all time. <laughs> Cause I, I, I don't ask me why I didn't include any of my set cards. Didn't include like a nicer look. I included that one because I'm like, Oh, it's not glossy. It'll sign nicely. What are, what are some of the teams you've had success sending out to? Uh, as far as like the just like, like playing like play, uh, the current players or coaches, you know, I, I find the Bruins alumni is very good. Bruins alumni, the awesome Canucks alumni was quite good for a while. Yeah. Some people Canadians are surprisingly good. Canadians are good. Um, I've got a few successes through them. The Canucks sometimes will forge like European players too. Like I've gotten a couple of European guys who then I saw later people have like their European address, like Yerky Lume. Who I mean, maybe an obscure guy, but like when he's living in Europe, it's nice to be able to not have to go that route to send it to them. But the European guys have been really good. Like European teams, unbelievable. Like former coaches there, like the team of Switzerland, Lausanne or some of that, I've gotten like four different returns. They have a great wow. coaching staff. Like Cristobal Huey coaches there, Nat Domicelli coaches there. Like there's some good names of guys who have kind of forgotten, but they fill holes in my collection. Who, who's your white whale? Who's the guy that you really want to want to get uh, in your collection this year? Uh, this year, like, I think it's just these Hall of Fame guys that just keep stealing my rookie cards. Like, they're not even big names. Like, Langway and Federico, I just, like, I just need them. Yeah, Langway is better. No, no, who used to be really good is Larry Robinson, but I think he stopped because I, I got an he RTF from him. Yeah, he completely stopped. Um, Steve Shutt stopped. Steve Shutt used oh, to be Oh, did he? He used to be really good, too. Oh, he used to be great through the, his business in Alabama. I got him, and then um, no the one never could get is Borier Salmon. A lot of people got him through Europe yep. before he passed. Could never get him. I'm like, I think I lost probably 10 cards. <laughs> <laughs> See, but, I, I don't, I usually I don't send a card out if I don't have a double of it, and I yeah. don't uh, I'm very, you know, I when I first started, I used to just send cards out, and then I, I got tired, like you. Like, oh shit, yeah. I got to re go replace all these cards that that never came back. So now, I if I don't yeah. have a double, that I don't send it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't mind sending out like and losing like we'll call it non-playing days cards of like the older Hall of Famers, like when part you no know, the Parker set. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, like, those are so nice. 
those are great and they're cheap, right? You can pick them up on sport lots, 20 cents a piece or whatever. And it's not a big deal, but like you replace some of the nicer playing days cards. You're like, I'm out of quite a bit on some of these. Do you attend many shows? Nothing near me. There's not really much near me that goes on. You, and like, you go to the sports card expo in, in Toronto. It's a tough drive. It's like four hours. So I don't, I don't, I've never gone. Um, it's supposed to be Canadian, fabulous. Yeah. A couple of the Canadian guys are telling me I should go, I should go, I should go. And then I always think like, I did the math and like, I could just send whatever I need to get autographed there. And do, you, I, it, do you go to the national at all? I've never been. I'd like to, when it goes to Chicago, my wife and I love Chicago. Yeah. So it's I in think, Chicago this year. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe make it happen, like go for a day and then we'll just do Chicago stuff for the rest of the trip, which would be kind of fun. Chicago Glad has great, great food, great restaurants. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. There's this, it's one of my favorite cities in the world. So I love, love going uh, there. Do you, do you use any um, computer uh, programs or any, any iPhone apps, you know, uh, do you use collects or any of the other uh, apps that are out there to. to uh, I tried there was one that I really liked that when I had my Android, it was like called collections. It's not, it's not necessarily a sports card app, but it lets you like document your collection. And it was really good for set building. It was like having that little paper checklist you'd have for your sets. Yep. So I was working on the Tigers team sets. And it was awesome to have in my pocket at all times and like what condition I had each card in, but they took it away. I don't know. I don't really use a lot of the apps. I tried like the next gem and some of these things like for pictures it doesn't, I don't know. I TTM collectors, I think, have too much stuff to like be able to catalog it. Look that, at my room, my friend. You, you can't yeah. even tell how much stuff I have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, I think I have seven two inch binders filled of signed hockey. Here, so I have to have them in binders. Okay. Like I, and they're by set and they're numerically ordered, whatever. So I spend 20, 30 minutes like every few nights organizing my TTMs and my binders. So they have to be, the OCD is real. Like it's numerical. It's each era. Like, oh yeah. I'm jealous. Which is great. It's fun to look at. Like I get to relive like my childhood. I loved putting cards in binders as a kid. So I still relive that every day. Like, do you have a kid? Do you have any kids? No, I don't. Okay. They're gonna, when you have a kid, you'll get, you, it'll be fun to get them involved in, in uh, writing the letters and, and getting oh, them out. Sure. I for sure I've seen some really fun returns of people who like you know get their kids involved and stuff like that. And the players who do read the letters get really receptive when it's a little one writing, which is really cool. Nice to see that they still do that. You know, you can just scribble on my cards. I don't care, but for a little guy, like make it special for him. You know, I agree. Well, speaking with Bob Costas, Costa, sorry, Bob is from Windsor, Ontario. He is a Tiger fan and a Red Wing fan. He is on Instagram at Bob pasta collection follow him he posts basically every day is there a day you don't post uh i find on the weekends i don't like sometimes i'm busy on the weekends but um i've been trying to queue up stuff more and just kind of keep like uh the post going because i find the engagement fun like i really i've i kind of interact with a lot of really good collectors a lot of junk wax collectors that's who i kind of hit it off with Yep. The TPMers, I find a lot of them on Instagram won't share addresses. They're not friendly. I don't know. I don't understand. Like, especially when it's like not a crazy name. You know, like I'm asking for you for the third string backup of the senators from the 90s. Like, I need that address. I'm not asking you for like Steve Eiserman. Right. <laughs> you know, like I always laugh. Like, you won't share that? Come on. 
No, no, it's fun. What I what I love love Bob in your uh, description on your Instagram, you call yourself an autograph compiler. Absolutely. I, I think that I think that's outstanding. I think that that's a, a, a unique uh, description. And you know, you're not really a you're not a collector. You're a compiler. You're just getting autographs and and enjoying the ride. Yeah, exactly. I think the collector is more of like that really focused kind of person. They have these projects and stuff. And I try to have those kind of projects, and then I just get stopped out because I'm like, I don't. I'm never going to get x y or z card signed right i just not going to spend to buy to get the guys to pay to sign them right so i kind of just have it where i have these all these partial sets and they make me happy and that's that's kind of the way i view my collection because i can't be a completionist or a perfectionist in it it'll never watch trading i've tried it's hard i find i really want to get more into blind trades i find those really fun to get rid of kind of like the low end stuff in your collection, right? Like I love to find someone I can just ship off like 50 duplicates and you just send me 50 duplicates. And I don't know what I'm getting. Yeah. And you disagree. It's low end and it's cool. I'm a hat. I'd love to do that with people, but people aren't really receptive to it. Yeah. I'm sure you use the regular uh, sites to get your addresses, but do you have any, any secrets, the secret, secret places that you like to go get addresses or, or... No, I'm a, I'm a sports card forum, sportscollectors.net guy. That's yep. 99% of the addresses I find are just on there. Everyone asks me if I have this crazy site. I just tell people that's what I use. And have I, you anyone... branched off at all into um, music or, or celebrities or not really your, your thing? Not only my thing, I don't have the cards for them. And then it becomes a whole thing of like, I have to get photos printed or really order the cards. And I'm bad for like, I just want to write the letter and send it out like i don't want to have to think about all this extra steps to just get an autograph you know so what do you, what how many returns are you averaging a week um it's about 10 it's kind of okay. where i'm at uh, 10 to 12 it's been slow recently which is weird because i've sent out a ton um but- yeah it's funny because uh, my co-host and i we we had a slump at the beginning of the year maybe like for about three yeah. weeks in january the the two of us were like, how many did you get? I got one this week. How many did you get? I got I got none. We had a total slump. But I would say the last like three months, we've been we've been getting, you know, the eight to ten, which is nice. Yeah. It's great. I like it. I like getting like one or two a day. That's kind of where I've been at recently. I've but actually the last five, six days, it's been one return, one RTS. Okay. Which has been really frustrating because it's like I don't know. Just some of these addresses are just trying my best to find obscure guys. I got, I got an R- I got an RTS from Scott Fletcher. <laughs> oh really? Oh, yeah. he's just a pretty good signer. Yeah, I got Rob Murphy today back as an RTS, but it was an old address. It hadn't been tested since 2020. But I'm like, he's a set guy. I gotta try it. That's kind of where I take my risk. Is like I'll find an old address on S like on SCN or SCF and just. No one's used it. Let's try it. Do you have a favorite baseball set? Uh, 87 tops. Me too. Nine, really, eh? Nice. I really love tops, it. 91 score. Those are my two. I could I could post 90, 91 score, I find, gets like people so excited on Instagram when you show them signed. I don't know what it is, but like some of the big head cards and stuff, people go nuts over I've been I, I've been collecting the '92 game day set, which is a, the tall boy football cards. Yeah. That those are great cards for for autographs. I got probably over 400 of those. Oh wow! 
And oh, then I'm, wow. I'm collecting the um, 78 top set. Okay, nice. So I have about 500 of those. Wow. That's a but big like set. you, you get to the point where it's like, I'm not spending $100 on whoever. And, you know, and, yeah. I, and then there's, there's guys that pass now. And I don't want to, I don't want to spend all, a lot of money on this stuff. I, I like it. I, I like the best part of set collecting, I think. Is getting not the you know the third string catcher and the 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 yeah. middle reliever and the guy that only had two years in the majors. I really like getting those guys. Those kind of guys are fun to get for sure. And I find like I like this. I I I kind of coined it myself in my mind. I like the fan favorite player, the Gorman Thomas, the guy who only Milwaukee they care about. Yeah, I love those kind of guys because they're they're star kind of players. They they're not super known everywhere, but like. They have this cult following them. Like that was someone's favorite player. And I find that really fun to get. I agree. Guys, with uh, Bob Costa is his name. He is on Instagram. Follow him on Instagram. Bob Hosta Collection. B-O-B-H-O-S-T-A-C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-O-N on Instagram. Follow him. He's got uh he posts every day. And the best description is is an autograph compiler because that's what this guy this guy does. He's a passionate TTMer. He's been doing it since he's a kid, since he was 13 years old, and he's still doing it today. He's he's in his 30, he's 30, 30, right? 30, yeah, just in 30 this year. Congratulations. It's all downhill from there. <laughs> Absolutely. I heard, I heard the warranty runs out. So that's why my boss yeah, always tells it, No, you're good till you're 40, and then then things start falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Bob, Bob's a, a, a baseball fan and a hockey fan. He's collecting the 1987 set sign. He's got a bunch of other sets. What are the hockey sets are you working on? So the big hockey ones I'm working on are 92, 93 pro set. Um, and then two from my childhood, childhood favorites, 95, 96 collector's choice hockey and 95, 96 score hockey. Those, those are good ones. The scorecards are surprisingly hold the autographs really well. The 9596 score is like a little different. It's one of their first glossy kind of sets, a little bit glossy, but the, the player's kind of cut out and he's white. The background's really white. So the autograph really pops on it. And for me, I didn't think of that when I started collecting it. It's just that was one of my first childhood kind of sets that I kind of owned. I don't even think I had the whole set. I just had a lot of them. And I've always had like a love for that set. Like I have my childhood cards in that set signed. So mm-hmm. they're creepy ones there's beat up ones and i will not upgrade them because that's my original card yep i i know i know what it's like uh do yeah. you uh, um do you sell it all or you just you just bait you're basically a, a collector i just compile like i'll do a little bit of selling of like certified autographs but i buy some certified stuff and i've kind of purged a lot of, i'm starting to purge a lot of my certified stuff it doesn't speak to me the way an on card like in person card does yeah I'm really moving away from that kind of stuff because it just, it feels so mass produced while like at playing days there, a card of a player is just so much more enjoyable in my mind. What's your biggest surprise in terms of a return that came back that you were kind of iffy on and you're like, wow, this guy signed for me. So last two years ago, I got Mario Lemieux. Did you really? Yeah. I got Mario Lemieux through the Penguins. Um, I thought it was a stamp at first. The more I looked at it, the more I'm like, this isn't a stamp. You can see I wrote him an incredibly long letter uh, talking about his cancer journey. My mom's went through it. And he, I just, I grew up reading this book about his cancer journey. It just always stuck with me. I wrote, it was probably a four page letter I wrote to him. 
And I didn't expect anything. I just said, let's just send it. And it came back and I couldn't believe it. That's yeah, a, that so must have made you smile. That was really, really incredible to see. Cause I know I, I saw Pittsburgh and I was like, oh, it's probably like Matt Cook or Chris Kunis and, or someone like from that area. And nope, it was more Super Mario <laughs> on set cards. I was like over the moon. Did you ever try Gretzky? I'm over four on Gretzky. I got an auto pen from him, but I've never got Gretzky. I did get Iserman though a few years ago, and it wasn't the stamp because like he has a stamp, and everyone kind of seen it. But this one was like really loopy, and it was it was totally him. Very very cool. So you'll see it come through on the top 100. It's definitely right. the Mario's cool. are in there. If you follow along, you'll see them. Guys, follow Bob on Instagram. It's Bob Hosta Collection on Instagram. He's a he posts just about every day. He's doing his hockey top hockey right now. He does baseball as well. He's a great TTMer and uh, he's an autograph compiler, which I think is the best description I've yeah. ever heard. Uh, yeah. Bob, it was so uh, nice to meet you and talk a little TTMing. Anything else you'd like to uh, add before I let you go? No, I just hope if people you know enjoy my page, drop me a comment and uh, love to chat with you. I love talking the hobby with people. It's a lot of fun and reminiscing on players and things like that. I'm going to pass your information along to my co-host. His name is Drew Pelto, and okay. he's a he's a huge hockey guy. And I know he has he has a, he's collecting a bunch of sets as well. And maybe you guys can do some trading. For sure, is he DFW Grapher? I yes. think I've, I've interacted with Drew for years actually on oh, some good. hockey. DM boards and stuff. Yeah, I've known of Drew. I follow him. I don't know if he, I think he follows me. I'm pretty sure. All right. Well, I'll make sure yeah. I, I'll let him know that you and I spoke today. And sounds uh, good. I'll have him send you an email. Awesome. Sounds good. Appreciate All right. It, thank you. Thank you, Bob. It was nice meeting you. Thanks. You too. Bye now. Talk about a passion for collecting, Drew. Robert has has the passion. I don't know if you've been seeing he he's been posting his like favorite hockey top ten hockey returns, and it's all like great returns. He actually got Mario Lemieux, uh, TTM'd. Nice. How long ago did he get him? Not long ago. That's really good because I mean, yeah, Lemieux was a solid TTMer for a while as a player, and then when he kind of made his second uh, comeback, and maybe it was after just after his uh, second or third or whatever retirement, his final one. He was doing a little bit then, but only signing in like teal and purple to try to track, you know, how much of his stuff was getting sold. Yeah. So if you got him recently, that's that's a that's really great. Then. Yeah. He said he wrote uh, a really nice letter. I guess his wife is a cancer survivor. So he, he okay. kind of was talking to him about that and, and yeah. he got a response. So, you know, you never know. Right. You just never yeah. know. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll take a shot at it. And you know, we did. We took a shot with Danny Ainge. Right. And we got we got him. And it's just guys that that every once in a while you, you, get, you get a hit. So. That was a, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Robert. Next up is Making, Making the, grade. the Grade. She's Making the Grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. Get your graded cards in the hobby's best holder. CSG's holders are crystal clear, secure, and make every card in your collection stand out. And the best part is the price. Get your sports cards graded for as low as $12 a card with CSG. Go to csgcards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership with code TTMCAST. Go to csgcards.com. We're in sync today. We yeah, really we're, are. we're right on. Yeah, We're sounding good. We're right, we're right on. It's so awesome. That's three-part harmony going on here with I it I know. All. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, I was Crazy to get three-part harmony. harmony out with two voices. How do we pull that off? <laughs> speaking of harmony, right? I want to say that if you, you know, the, the music that on our intro and in, in, intro and our close is from uh, Beethoven's Bastard, and it's too bad because it's a really great song. But how are we doing on, on getting another band? Is that, that in the works yet? Haven't really done uh, much with it yet. I've just been kind of, you know, taking a break. And I mentioned it to a few people that, yeah, hey, looking around and, you know, see if anybody sends anybody my way. But I did update at least my page on band mix with uh, some stuff that have been kind of keeping an eye out there. But haven't really gone too heavily into it. I'll probably start that, though, somewhat soon. I don't want to get too heavily involved in it, though, since it's baseball season right now, too. And my my availability for band practice will be kind of limited because of ball games. Yeah. So. We'll see what happens, though. Do you draw the line like, OK, I'm not I don't want to be I'm not going to be I'm not don't I don't want to play country or I don't want to play heavy metal or just do you, do you don't really care what genre you play you play in? I'm pretty wide on genres that I'll play, but there are definitely some that I do better than others. Like I'm definitely not a metal drummer at all or metal guitarist, so yep. I wouldn't be good for a heavy metal band country. I could play, but I'm not a fan of it. So I'm like, uh, no, yeah. I'll probably avoid that. But. I try to keep it to like, you know, the garage punk and grunge kind of stuff. There's three chords, two minutes and a cloud of dust, essentially. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you you know, you guys sounded great. Maybe maybe the band will be resurrected because I really I like the, the stuff that you guys put out. But best of luck. Well, we have some grading numbers for, for March to report. We do indeed. Uh, PSA uh, up from February, they did a 1.22 million cards graded in the month of March. It's a 22% increase from February and a 24% increase from what is that, the previous year, I believe. Yeah. Uh, SGC graded 121,000 cards. That's a 31% increase from February, 17% up from the previous year. Beckett, 71,000 cards have gone through their offices. That's an 11% increase since February. Down 7% since the previous year, but it's bound to happen a little bit here and there. And uh, SG's, or, uh, CSG has graded 84,000 cards. It's down 17% from February, but February, they were still uh, going through everything from their uh, January sale there. So it's Kind of to be expected to drop a little bit. So we're, we're looking at what three hundred seventy thousand cards, or well, a million three, right? What are we looking yeah, at? Yeah, something like that. One point three, one point four, somewhere around. Yeah, there. that's out, that's outstanding. It's very cool, and uh, we get all our grading numbers from our friends at gemrate.com. And speaking of gemrate.com, we have the that be the big, big three. three. This week's big three is brought to you by gemrate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at gemrate.com. We're awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We're right there. Awesome. I'm all excited by the, by the, the intros we're doing. We are doing a great job. You guys don't understand what a, what a treasure you're getting from us today. <laughs> well, the big three is uh, we get our, from our friends at gemrate, gemrate.com. Uh, they have all sorts of cool grading statistics from all the four grading companies. And uh, we look back at the the top three um, players that had the, the highest increase in grading from, from the prior week. So Tiger Woods had was up 67%. Aaron Rodgers was up 33%, maybe because of the trade. I mean, the trade to the Jets, you think that's why he was up? It could very well be. You got all those New York collectors wanting to jump on that stuff. Yeah, and then Ronald Acuna Jr. who was up thirty-two percent, and that's probably opening day. I would think that's just opening day yeah. and uh, get getting baseball. Uh, Tiger was and Tiger Woods, I'm sure, is because of the Masters, right? Exactly, that's my first thought there. So uh, Tiger Woods, two thousand one Opera Deck card number one, uh, jumped more than two hundred percent, two hundred seven percent. 
compared to the prior week. So that that's where it's up. And I'm sure because of the Masters, it, it brings a, a more attention to golf. Absolutely. I have been watching any of the Masters? I no, I never really got into watching golf much. It's I mean, it's for me, that's just an easy way to put me to sleep. So, yeah, I never they, really did. They had yesterday there was, there was storms in Georgia and they had to, they had to shut it down. But uh, on the 17th tee box, a tree, a literally a huge tree fell. Jeez. In it, but it luckily it didn't fall like it wasn't like a timber quick. It was like <laughs> so so literally you and I could have gotten out of the way if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what are the three stinkers, Drew? What did what what three three players that were were rarely down this week? Yeah, the biggest drops this week. There are the three stinkers. We have Roger Clemens down 24%. Wayne Gretzky dropped 20%. And Brewers prospect Jackson Shurio, not sure why he would end up on the list there, but he had a 20% drop in his cards being graded as well. I'm guessing maybe with Shurio, maybe maybe a lot of people got on him in spring training or something, and now it's backed off. I don't know. Yeah, you know what? I don't know why. When when he was playing, even though he was killing my teams that I loved, Gretzky I'm talking about, I always Mm -hmm. was a big fan of his. there's something about him since he's retired and I don't, I can't pinpoint it. It's not like one thing that, Oh, he did this. So now I don't like him. He's kind of, he's kind of like Peyton Manning esque, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just gone in. I don't, I don't know in retirement. He just, uh, he he's lost something. I, I'm not quite sure. It's, I mean, part of it is, I mean, I think the, uh, the shine of the statue was kind of removed from his, when uh, he became a coach because He's just, I mean, he didn't have any success there. You know, as a player, everything he touched turned to gold. Everything he touched turned to crap when he was a coach. And uh, I mean, that seems to be, that's a big problem with star players. It seems like anytime, if you look at the coaches that are former players in any sport, it's always guys, typically, there's a few exceptions here and there, but it's typically guys who were, you know, your backup catchers, your uh, relief pitchers, your, you know, third line centers and wingers. It's never the stars. And I think it's because, you know, the stars just kind of comes to them naturally a bit. Right, right. Whereas those guys that are the lower line guys, they have to work harder to get to it. They know how to, you know, bring the best out of those players. Right. And they're looking for an edge, right? They mm-hmm. they need that mental edge because they don't have the physical tools. And not, right, right. not not across the board, but maybe they can't shoot or they can't do one thing mm-hmm. uh, that keeps them from being a superstar. But, it, you know, they're good enough to be on the team. So yeah. I, I think you, you hit something there. And I don't remember one of the, you know, one of the guys recently that were great players that all of a sudden became great managers or coaches. Maybe, um, maybe Dusty Baker, right? Dusty Baker was a pretty good player in his day, but yeah, Dusty Baker. And uh, like, I mean, Don Baylor may not have been a great manager, but he was at least around forever. It seemed like as a manager as having a great career there too. But I mean, even yeah, Dusty Baker, he was, you know, he was never a big time star on any of his teams at all. He was definitely a role player type, but Played forever, at least. Yeah, and he was an all-star, and he won some World yeah. Series. And yeah, I mean, he was a pretty good player. Again, yeah. he was he wasn't uh, Hank Aaron, but he was certainly a pretty good player. Well, yeah. guys, that wraps up the big three uh, making the grade. We've got more, one more thing to talk about. We have uh, the Sus from CSG, Susan Lejudai. She is a man marketing manager at uh, CSG, and they were she was they were just at the Mint Collective this past weekend in in uh, Nevada in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and I thought it'd be good to get a perspective of somebody that was at the show. It's only been the second year of the show, so uh, we talked to Sue's about um, a few things that are going on at CSG as well as really uh, some of the cool things that happen at the Mint Collective. So please enjoy my interview with Sue's Susan Lejudai. 
All right, guys, we have a special guest today. We have Susan LeJudai. Susan, of course, is marketing manager at CSG, and she was at the Mint Collective this past weekend. And we're going to talk to her a little about the show. Hi, Sue. Hey there. How's it going? Very good. How was the, the show? How was the traffic at the show? Uh, what was the buzz at the show? What, what, what was your overall feeling for, for the Mint Collective recently in last weekend in Las Vegas? Oh, uh, you know, the Mint Collective was super interesting. You know, it, it was definitely the type of show where like you go and you make connections and do a lot of networking. I thought it was really great for, you know, businesses to get out there and meet other people and to discuss, um, you know, the partnerships and collaborations and that type of stuff. It was uh, it was a really it was a really good show for for people for B2B, especially if they wanted to connect with others. How was the the collector traffic for you and i know you guys had a lot of you had a scavenger hunt planned and you had all sorts of cool promotions how how did those go off it was really great people were excited to come by because at our shows um you know yes you know i'm the marketing manager for csg but we all i'm also the marketing manager for cgc trading cards we we collect not collect we take submissions for everything at our shows um pretty much most things that we grade um so we take submissions for comics, video games, and cards. Um, so for people, it's really exciting because like we become a one-stop shop essentially for them for wanting to submit their their collectibles. So it allows them, they don't have to like, oh, if I wanted to grade this, I have to go to somebody else. If I want to grade, you know, a different collectible, I have to go. <laughs> like literally you come to our booth and you can drop every, like any type of collectible off and we'll get it and we'll get it graded for you. It must be easier for for CSG now because you've been grading cards for three years and you don't have to necessarily sell the name of the company because you have a foothold uh, in the hobby. Is, is, have you found that to be the case? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we're now in like into year three of of our our company. You know, we celebrated our two year anniversary in February um, and we've really made a really, really great traction within the last two years of you know going to collectors and meeting them where they are being at different shows um connecting them on social media and um you know time to time like that so it's like there's a lot less explaining about like who csg is and what we do and more of just being able to showcase you know our impressive slabs to collectors did you attend any um panels or any seminars uh at the the mint Collective. Yes. Yeah, so I went, I went to Andy Broom, our VP of CHD. He did a grade school where he showed people how to essentially grade cards. Um, and not, not that you like, okay, you could take this hour is 45 minute course and you know how to grade cards, but really it's to help collectors become better consumers of cards so that, you know, if you're at a card show, and you're able to protect yourself better. So you could tell if something maybe has been altered or something is not authentic, um, if there's a counterfeit card. So this way it allows you to become a better collector so that you you're protecting yourself within, you know, out out in the real world of cards, so to speak. Um, and I was also part of a panel. I oh, was nice. part of a panel of uh, people who have essentially turned their hobby, their passion of collecting into a career. Um, so I certainly fit that bill because <laughs> I've been a collector for a very, very long time and now work in this hobby. So it was a really fun panel being up there with like some former colleagues and some people I've gotten to do collaborations with um, and meeting some new people for the first time as well. What was the buzz at the show? Were, were people talking about, uh, you know, Panini Fanatics 
the impending deal or what was it what was kind of the buzz at the show there's always something that that kind of yeah, um, I mean, a lot of people are just talk about fanatics in general because, I mean, you literally walk in there with the first booth. They're sort of, you know, what is fanatics going to be doing to push the needle forward when it comes to collecting and collectors? Um, and, you know, just, just that sort of overall buzz. You know, people are, you know, collectors are, I feel like in general, are pretty happy. You know, you're getting to do something you enjoy, something you love. Um, and, you know, I think people just wanting are just sort of cautiously waiting to see what um, Fanatics is, has promised and what they can deliver with those promises. Has is the, Does the economy come up at all in terms of, of how the economy is affecting the hobby? And uh, are we still in a growth spurt uh, for our hobby, do you think? You know, I mean, my personal opinion is I don't think I think it's growing just at a much slower clip than obviously it was during the pandemic. Um, but you certainly see new people entering the hobby and economy does take it does take an effect, especially at a, something like the mint, because, you know, to go to Las Vegas, it's not particularly cheap. You know, you, you most people are going to have to fly there. Hotels cost food costs. I mean, it, it was pretty expensive for like things like that, like a bottle of water, I think was like six dollars. So <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, those type of things do are a factor, but not so much when it comes to like, you know, like the card buying aspect. It's more so like you know, affordability of being able to um, go to a show like that um, when, you know, it's like, do I spend a thousand dollars going to the show right. or, you know, a thousand dollars on a vacation with my family or something, you know, something else. Did you get to walk the show at all? Yeah, a little bit. I want to make sure I went through every aisle just to see people and just to, you know, what, new companies are out there and what people are discussing and like just sort of what the vibe is was there anything that caught you eye your eye in terms of new companies into into our hobby or new technology or, or something coming down the 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 road that that we can let our, our listeners know about you know not necessarily new but i find fascinating all the new and and i say new newer being in like relative um but there's so many apps now that allow you to like scan your your card that mm-hmm. it will then give you comps and you could add it to your collection on your app. And I, and I just think it's it's interesting of, you know, it's like three years ago, there was like none of them. And now there's like six, seven or more. So I think it's interesting um, how, you know, we're finding answers to, you know, to, to questions people have had about their their collections where, you know, years ago, I'm talking even five years ago, like technology was not a huge thing. Like there was an app, um, not even an app, it was a website. I want to say maybe it's called Sports Card Photos and I might be getting that wrong. And it was like one of the few apps that allowed you to like scan your cards and put your collection immediately. Yeah. Like your card images immediately on. And it was new and people were like, wow. And now it's like, these types of apps are just like popping up all over the place and they're great. I love them. Like I actually, like I've tested several of them out. Um, They're really fun way to like uh, identify cards and find comps for your cards and also just maintain like a log of your collection. Does CSG have anything big planned in the works for to launch around national time? Is that, you know, we got national coming up in the end of July. Do you guys have a, uh, any big surprises planned for, for the national? Yeah, I mean, I'm in, I'm in lots of meetings. About them, so <laughs> I'm sure. There are definitely things that are coming that I think uh, collectors are going to be really excited about. Great. Well, guys, go to CSG, csgcards.com to check out everything that CSG 
offers to Susan is the uh, marketing manager for CSG and SGC, right? No, not CSG and what's the CSG and CGC card. CGC, sorry. <laughs> Alphabet soup sometimes, you know. And she also runs a, a great um, card blog, uh, Card Chat, right? Card yeah, chat is- I do Card Chat on uh, email newsletter and also Twitter chat every Wednesday on, well, obviously on Twitter. Um, yeah. It's a lot of fun and a great way to connect with collectors. All right. Thanks for your time. So it was nice catching up with you and, and uh, we'll be in touch. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much. Right, thank you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Well, Drew, I'm jealous because Susan gets to go to all these shows as, as part of our job, you know? Yeah. It'd be, it'd be cool. And it's really nice. Uh, it's a really cool show, the Mint Collective. I'm actually going to try to go next year. Uh, Paula and I have talked about that. It's, it's a really fun industry show, not so much a buying baseball card show, but there's all sorts of seminars and panels and uh you know a little comic-con-ish in terms of you get to learn you know to learn stuff as well as is uh networking i think it's a good show so i, I want to thank susan for hopping on with us uh she's she's busy with her job at csg but she hopped on for 10 or 15 minutes and i hope you enjoyed my interview with Suze. well that wraps up making the grade we had a long, long making the grade section se- segment this week yep all right drew next up is the TTM Cast stamp, stamp of approval. approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast stamp of approval. Approval, 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 <laughs> approval. <laughs> Go ahead. You can do do yours first, and then I'll, then then I'll do mine. All right. So um, as I've mentioned on the show here before, for some reason, my ankles over the last like year and a half have decided to completely blow up on me. So. Going back to like March of last year, it was my right ankle that started out. It was, it would hurt like hell for a day or two. It's kind of fade away, fade away, fade away, then come back real strong, fade away, fade away, fade away, come back real strong. And it just, it got really annoying. And finally, by around like what, May, early June of last year, it finally stopped, which is great. I t- I'd gone to a, like an urgent care, got an x ray, and they're like, wait, no, I didn't with that one, previous one. So I'd taken it to an urgent care, got an x ray, and they're like, well, it's not broken. Must just be a strain. Just, yeah. just a strain. Just rest. Yeah, it and... Thanks. I'm in freaking pain and you're not really helping. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. Here's your $75 for telling me nothing. So uh, I even, I mean, at one point I went to an orthopedic doctor and they said, oh yeah, it's just an impingement. Do these stretches. You'll be fine. Whatever. And so it, when I went, when I had it happen last year, I didn't bother, you know, getting it checked out or anything. I'm like, whatever, just, you know, hopefully it'll just go away on its own. Eventually it did. And then for one day, it starts hurting my left in the exact same spot, just on my left ankle. It's like, that's really weird that that happened and disappeared. The day before I left on my road trip last year, it happened back in my right ankle again. It was hurting the entire trip there. But by the time August rolled around, got to the end of the trip there, it was fine. And it stayed great all the way up until this past week. And on Monday, my left ankle started hurting this time. And it's like, all right, that's it. If this lasts more than a couple of days, I'm going to go and get it checked out by a podiatrist. And it did. So on, uh, what was this, on Thursday, I went and saw Foot and Ankle Solutions in Bedford, Texas, and they are my stamp of approval for the week, because they not only, I mean, they didn't just take an x-ray and look at it and go, nope, nothing broken, be, on, be gone. They actually looked at it and said, okay, well, yeah, you actually have a deformity here in your uh, tibia in your left leg, yeah, slightly they wider there you. at the bottom. Yeah, they actually listened to me. They did. They uh, they did more than just that. They're like, "Have you been tested for gout?" Okay, no. We'll have you tested for gout. We'll have that checked into. Um, yeah, it seems like there's some soft tissue damage here. We're gonna send you for an MRI and get that all done. So I spent my Thursday doing uh, 
all sorts of medical stuff there in the morning, got x-rayed by them, went and got blood work done, got an MR. They were able to get me in for an MRI that day, which is crazy. Oh, wow. I was thinking, okay, it's going to have to be you know, like Monday or Tuesday because it's a holiday weekend that's going on here. And no, they got it all done. And by one o'clock in the afternoon, I was all done and ready and had to have an appointment scheduled for next Tuesday or this coming Tuesday, I guess, to get everything looked at with the MRI and say, okay, here's what's going on. Is this going to need surgery? Is it not? How are we going to do this? Got me on a uh, prescription anti-inflammatory, which has been great, has helped it a lot. And so foot and ankle solution of Bedford, Texas, really podiatrists everywhere, I think could just about get the uh, thumbs up as my TTM cast stamp approval for this week. True. Don't they know you need your feet to, to graph? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I've, I mean, I've been to a podiatrist before when I was a kid. I had, well, I still to this day, I have like no arch in my foot. And when I was a kid, I went to a podiatrist to try to get that fixed up a little bit and everything. And they were able to do some stuff with it. So yeah, I mean, when your feet hurt, everything hurts. And uh, believe me, I know firsthand about that. Yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah if, if you have foot problems, find a podiatrist. They are absolutely excellent. Don't just trust what they tell you at the urgent care or at some uh, orthopedic thing. Talk to an actual podiatrist for your foot and ankle issues. Very cool. Well, thank you, Drew. Hopefully you're, you're on the road to healing. Yeah. My TTM cast stamp approval is food. We're going to do some little food. It is uh, one of my favorite holidays for food is Easter. And I love I love the Easter candy and I love the I love Easter baskets and I love the everything about Easter. I, yeah, it's just fun. It's a fun for for a Jewish kid from Boston. I always liked Easter. <laughs> but I mean, my, it, gonna, it, it gonna, beats it beats matzah and bitter herbs. Oh, that's for sure. So yeah, I like matzah though. I do like matzah. Oh yeah, I mean you can't go wrong with a good matzah ball soup. No, no matzah with peanut butter. That's my go-to. Ooh, nice. It's good. And you can do matzo and fluff. You, I know you know what fluff is, but oh yeah, the I don't think you can. You get it down there. Oh yeah, you can find it there. Yeah, okay, We've good. Gotten it places there. It's that mar marshmallow whip stuff that's just yeah decadence. Fluff but or my, on matzo. I never thought of that. I like it. It's well, my three uh, stamp approval and my stamp approval is my top three Easter candies. So I'm gonna go down uh, three, two, one. Okay. All right. Number three is peeps, those marshmallow peeps, um, the yellow ones, the purple ones, the green ones. I, lo I love them all. My wife likes to open them up, let them sit in the in the air, get the air, get at them for a couple hours. So they're mm -hmm. crunchy. Oh, yeah. So peeps. I, I love peeps. I, I peep, you got peeps, right? Peeps down in in Dallas. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You can find those everywhere now. Right. Yep. And they're the best one of those love them or hate them kind of candies. And I happen to be I'm with you on that one. I'm a big fan. The best part about peeps is that they, they make a trillion of them. So after when after Easter, like on Monday or even Sunday night, you get two for one on the peeps, which is yep. there's nothing better. Yeah. All right. Number number two, my second favorite Easter candy are those uh, Reese's eggs. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, they have the flat, the ones that are shaped like an egg. They're little. They used to be bigger. But now they're they're little, and I, it's it's got the Reese's peanut butter in them and the Reese's the chocolate and the the peanut butter is that's orgasmic. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. There's just something about when you shape it like an egg to it. Like I don't know if it, if it's just the, the the texture gets a little bit different that way or something. But yeah, it's it's, it's different. It's better. Like it. It's better than the Reese's yeah. cup. It is. Yeah. I I that's my second. Okay, my first one. This is I'm kind of old school on this one. I just like jelly beans, not the yeah. Jelly Belly jelly beans, just the regular. You know, purple, black, white, orange, green, yellow jelly beans. Just, yeah, I just love them. You know, it's good. You, you have dinner and you pop a couple jelly beans in your mouth after, so get rid of whatever you were, taste of what you're were eating. You're sitting there and you want a little 
jolt from for sugar. You take a handful of jelly beans. They're all, I like all the flavors. My wife steals all the black ones. She likes yeah. black and she likes the white ones. So, which is good. I'm not, I'm not a huge black guy in terms of jelly beans, but my number one Easter candy is jelly beans. Nice. How about you? Do you have a favorite Easter candy? I like those, uh, both the Cadbury's eggs that have just my the plain son chocolate. loves those. Well, the, all, all kinds of the Cadbury's eggs, the Cadbury's cream eggs. Those are always good, but also just the ones that are just the plain chocolate, with that kind of hard candy coating on them. Yeah. Love those ones too. And uh, the Whoppers uh, Robin's eggs. The oh, ones that are the uh, malted milk eggs. Yeah. I can it's go, hard. I can you, when you get it, when those. you narrow down to three, you get, you got to leave some good one, good ones off. Those yeah, Robin's exactly. eggs are so good. Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to jelly beans, you mentioned jelly bellies. I definitely prefer jelly bellies over any of them, but yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with just those plain ones with just, you know, the traditional flavors there. And I'm with your wife on this one. The black ones, love those. The white ones and the red ones there, just like the uh, kind of cough syrup cherry flavor ones. There. Yeah, I'm yeah. big on those ones. Just uh, I avoid the purple and the pink. I'm just not Oh, big. I was going to say, no, it's sneaky, sneaky good is purple. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big grape person. So that's why I'm not a big on the purple ones there. And the pink ones just... They get that weird chemically taste in the pink ones. I just, uh, yeah. that's kind of Well, weird. no, it's funny. Is purples aren't really a flavor. It's just a color. Yeah. <laughs> but you never know. Sometimes it's purples. I mean, sometimes it's grapes. Sometimes it's something else. It's, yeah. it's like, perp- I think they just put the food coloring in and, and sometimes it's just nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's like Homer Simpson once said, this one has purple. Purple's yeah. a fruit, right? That's right. There you go. All right, bud. That wraps up our TTM cast stamp of approval. Thank you, my friend. We do. We always do food and movies and TV shows and anything else that we're into. And Drew likes kangaroos. He we do. He yes. he's got it in his contract. He has to do one kangaroo a month. Exactly. So. <laughs> well, next up is the Vern Rap Minute. Drew, why don't you do the intro to the Vern Rap Minute since you're, you're smoking today? All right. Yeah, the Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to the memory of Mr. Vern Rap, who uh, died before Jeff uh, sent out a TTM request to him. We've all been there. And so uh, we have this to let you know exactly who has died in the world of sports, music, movies, politics, anybody that you might TTM, just so you can avoid the embarrassment that we have suffered at uh, by writing to somebody who has already passed on. Yeah, it's really the worst, isn't it? Yeah. I, when I get something back and like, oh, how did I miss that? I've been lucky that so far I've avoided sending it to somebody who has already died, but there are a few times where I send one out and then they die a couple days later or something yeah. like that. It's like, ooh, that that didn't go well. I thought that as well. Well, we we lost Bill Henry. Bill Bill Henry was a pitcher for the Yankees in 1966. He was traded to the Reds after that, but he never made it back to the majors. In 66, he pitched two games, three innings. He did not let up a run or a hit. So that's pretty good, right? A 0.00, yeah. 0 career ERA and uh, his whip was all, all good. Bill Henry, he was 79 years old. He was a pretty good DTMer. Yeah. Uh, we lost Cedric Henderson this week, former NBA player, went to the University of Georgia and then continued his uh, NBA career in Georgia with the Hawks, later went on to the Bucks. played from 1986 to 1987 in the NBA. 
Not much of a TTMer, last signed in 2002. Cedric Henderson was 57 years old. We lost Ken Clage. K-K-L-A-G-E-S. Ken Clages? Ken uh, Clages. Fred. No, Fred, Fred Clages. I'm sorry. Yeah. Fred Clages. I'm, I'm back. I'm back. He was a pitcher from 1966 and 67 with the Chicago White Sox. He was, um, if you remember the 67, the White Sox were the heat of a pennant race with the with the Red Sox and Tigers. And he pitched a bunch of games in, in uh, August and September that year. Um, he was, uh, he led up home runs in his career to Frank Robinson, Al Kaline, and Carly Stremski. Not, not too bad. He led up six home runs during his career. And I think four of them were to those guys. So yeah, oh, the good guys touched him up a little. Uh, he was a pretty good TTMer. Last TTM in 2022, Fred Clages was 79 years old. If you're going to give up home runs, give up to the greats because, I mean, they might have just hit him anyway off of anybody yeah. at that point. I mean, don't give up to the scrubs. Uh, we lost Ken Gerard this week. Ken Gerard played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. 1956 to 1960, he played a whole seven games only in that time with uh, Toronto up and down between the minor leagues. Excellent TTMer, though, despite that short career. He last signed in August of 2022. Ken Gerard was 86 years old. He must have had a, a one or two cards because he was mm-hmm. he he had a lot of TTM uh, successes, which I was surprised though for, for somebody who played such a short time in his career. In yeah, the world of Hollywood, we lost Judy Farrell. Judy was on Mash. She played Nurse Abel. She was also on Fame and Benson, The Partridge Family, and Emergency. Um, she was 84 years old. For you wrestling fans out there, you know we lost uh, Bob Miller this week, also known as Bushwhacker Butch, part of the. Uh, Things like the Bushwhacker Twins or something like that. It's a Hall of Fame wrestler from the uh, great pro wrestling days there of, I believe, probably what, the 70s, maybe then to the 80s there with that. Yeah. Uh, Bushwhacker Butch was 78 years old. We lost Sharon Acker. Sharon uh, was on the new Perry Mason. She was on Star Trek. She was on the episode Mark of a Gideon. She, it was the one where they uh, were on the planet that didn't have enough room and they were all like scrunched in together. It's a pretty famous episode. Um, you know, it was one of those ones where they, they're looking at overcrowding today to, you know, to, to, to have a lesson, right? <laughs> have a lesson in Star Trek. Uh, Sharon Acker was 87 years old. Drew, that wraps up um, the Vern Rot Minute. Our condolences and sympathy go out for everyone that lost somebody this week. We are sorry for your loss. Next up is our TTM Returns. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM Returns. See, I let you do it by yourself that time because you're, you're, <laughs> you're so much better than me. So I had, uh, I had a slow week so far. I only had three returns. Drew, you had a couple as well. You want to do yours first? Yeah, I'll cover those real quick. I mean... Like I said, I was supposed to get Rick Dempsey back this weekend. Well, hopefully it'll come back this coming week. We'll keep an eye out for that. What did you send him? Did you send him a 72? Yeah, I got his a 72 rookie cards. He's on that high number rookie with, yep. uh, it was him and two others, and at least one of the other guys on signed. So I'll be able to get that hopefully done next if it ever shows up here. Uh, and the ones that I actually did get into my hands this week, I got back a former Yankee shortstop, Bobby Meacham. He's uh, been coaching recently in the minor Yeah, he's levels. a really good signer. He is. Yeah. And uh, I sent to his home address in Houston. I'm not sure if he's coaching at all this year since I uh, came back postmark from uh, the Houston area there, but uh, that came back about a couple months or so. It took for that when he signed all four cards that I sent also got back former Browns running back, Terry Kirby played for the Browns played for the uh, dolphins, dolphins as well. Yeah. Giants. But, uh, did he play for 49ers too? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He's with the 49ers in between those two. Yeah, that's what I thought. That. Yep. But he signed all three cards that I sent and, uh, Terry is one of part of, I believe, 
something like one of six brother combos where one played for the Browns and one played for the Indians. It's crazy oh, how many neat. times that happened there. But Wayne, yeah, Kirby was, is, uh, Wayne Kirby is his brother. Yes, Wayne Kirby is his brother. Um, a couple of other ones that were involved. I know there was a Mike Pagel was a quarterback for the Browns, and he had a brother who played for the Indians. And, of course, uh, Leroy Kelly played for the Browns Hall of Famer there, and Pat Kelly, his brother, yep. was uh, with the Cleveland Indians as well. And I think there have been like three other brother combos that have done that, and I can't think of the rest of them off the top of my head, but there's at least three of them there. And Kirby got into my inbox here this week, so very happy to add that one in. Got one that's supposed to be coming in today. I believe it's going to be a Dallas Cowboys Hall of Famer, Cliff Harris. Looks like who it is on there. I mean, it's postmark from Dallas, has CH for the initials there. So I like Cliff Harris because he, he has my haircut. Ah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm hopefully getting that one back in today. Uh, we'll keep an eye out there as long as the post office doesn't screw this one up. I mailed out 20 of them on Monday as well. I think Cliff Harris is one I actually mailed just this past Monday. So very happy to get that one back quickly, if that's indeed who's in my inbox. And uh, we'll see what happens with the other 19 that I sent out. Very cool. Well, I, I, had, I only got three this week. I got two baseball, uh, actually on uh, 2020, I think it's 22, because 23 hasn't come out yet, right? 2022 Heritage. I got Nick Solak from the Rangers. I know he's a regular for you. You you always get him. And mm -hmm. I got uh, Randy Dobnak, who actually got in spring training as well, but he sent a, a Heritage card. Um, so he signed it in um, Blue Sharpie with his number. Solak just signed, signed his name, no number. And then I also got uh, Eddie Westfall, who played uh, right wing for the Islanders forever. He played for the Bruins as well. And he signed his, um, I think this is yeah, 76, 77 tops card. A nice, nice blue sharpie with his number. So, you know, not 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 quantity this week, but a quality uh, sure with those guys. And then I also sent out I sent out fifteen football yesterday. Uh, eighty three and eighty four tops were were all those. And then I sent out um, fourteen hockey. Where I sent out a bunch of seventy six and seventy seven tops hockey cards to a bunch of guys. Um, so, but U.S. guys, I didn't know no Canadian guys. I got to get I got I pulled the Jill Jill Perot card. That I better get some stamps because I don't have him. Do you have Perot? Um, I've traded for one a while back, but I've not TTM'd him. Yeah, I think I'm gonna he, he signs for I think 10 or 20 dollars. So I think I'm gonna try to get him. Yeah. Right. So that that's uh that that is our our TTM returns for the week. Um, and hopefully our mailbox will be will be full this week. And make sure you check out my article in Sports Collectors Daily, which drops usually on Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning, which will which gets I just send pictures of all my successes. Uh, right there. So check that out. Drew, I think it's time to wrap it up. What do you think? I think so. Yep. And this is how it ends. Well, we had a nice, we had a nice long show this week. Uh, I want to first thank Robert Costa, who uh, is a great TTM collector who joined us in Collector's Corner. I want to thank Sus Susan LeJudai from CSG, who, who gave us a report on the, um, the Mint Collective. In Las Vegas, so we we talked to Susan about that and got a little insight of what's been go what's going on at CSG, and of course Les Wolf, who was our regular contributor. Les will not be with us next week, but he'll be with us in two weeks. Uh, I also want to thank Otto Moore, who from NBA from the NBA, who was on uh, TTM Cast One Hundred One this week coming up, uh, or should last week, right? So this coming up this week, we have Rick Dempsey. Make sure you. You listen to that. And then on Saturday, we have the guys from uh, Hall of uh, Very Good Podcast, which was a it was a really fun interview. They, they kind of teamed up, teamed up, uh, tag teamed on me and, and beat me up a little. But <laughs> it's a good interview. I, I told them when we do in the interview, it's like it was like uh, interviewing to a married couple because they were back yeah. and forth and back and forth. I just let them go. It was fun. Nice. 
Good guys. And then we have Clemente Lise on next Saturday. And we're going to look at uh, NHL playoff matchups, how that's going to affect um, collectibles maybe. And as well, we're going to look at the Series 2 um, upper deck hockey. So that, that is coming up on Saturday. Drew, anything else before I let you go? I think we pretty well covered everything this week here. Uh, hopefully I'll have some better news on the TTM front this week and uh, yeah. hopefully get some uh, in-person stuff later this month. Fingers crossed for you on the job front. Hopefully all that, that kind of uh, writes the ship, right? The right writes itself. We'll... Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's been weird here the last uh, week or so a lot going on over in the building there. So yeah, it's uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens here. I, all I can do really is, you know, show up, punch in and, Keep on That's doing right. stuff. Do, do your job, right? Yeah. All right, guys, that is it. I want to wish everyone many happy returns. We will see you on Wednesday with TTM Cast one-on-one with Rick Dempsey. Be good. <laughs>